comics, movies, music, video games, technology, Blu-ray, television. This is the HHW LOD Podcast Network. The PKD Black Box is a proud member of the Comics Podcast Network. This is the PKD Black Box, episode 64. episode is brought to you by Tura, Bombs and Betrayal. Ninja, the Yakuza, and Zombies are the feature of the new graphic novel by Mall Productions. Life was good. All Tura had to do was hunt bad guys and rake in the cash. Simple. But when circumstances forced her back to Japan to help the Toshigawa clan avoid extinction at the hands of Slash and his evil warriors, Tura and the streetwise kickboxer Cat embark on a journey that finds them targeted by the Yakuza, the Azumi Ninja clan, the Japanese authorities, and one mean zombie from Tura's past. All of this as she still has to deal with her boyfriend Cyan and his wandering eyes and hands. Tura Bombs and Betrayal is written by Martheus Wade and illustrated by award-winning artist Andrew Chandler, Alex Zemke, animator for Sony Pictures Interactive, and Martheus Wade, illustrator for the Oxygen Channel's Bad Girls Club comic book. Tura Bombs and Betrayal will be available for pre-order in September at Toshigawa.com and selected comic book retailers nationwide. As an added bonus, if you pre-order Tura, Mall Productions will be offering a free 10-page digital story that will tie into the novel. Over 100 pages of ninja action available just for you! Please visit www.toshigawa.com for more details and sneak previews of this incredible publication. That's Toshigawa, T-O-S-H-I-G-A-W-A.com. Toshigawa.com. something a little bit different today um normally when we when i record an episode of the pkd black box i'm over in my corner with uh, my little headset and and my popper stopper and i'm talking through skype with people but today we have people in the pkd black box <laughs> compound shocking but true i let people in the house <laughs> for real so what we're going to do is we got some very special guests you heard them on the fracture in the deathly hollows episode where i was a guest on this wonderful podcast wonderful bunch of people from the boku pop podcast we have three of the four representatives of the boku pop podcast um we have tressa tressa how you doing pretty good how are you doing fantastic we have carrie who works for a giant media conglomerate that's true <laughs> how you doing Gary. I'm doing all right. And we also have Matt. Matt, how you doing, sir? I am doing well. Thank you. Excellent. Excellent. Very cool. And the reason we got here today, we wanted to talk about, let's see, how can I say this? Let's say that you're a uh, top flight Hollywood producer and you've made hit after hit after hit and you're just rolling in the rolling in the dough. Hollywood loves you. And they say, hey, we want you to come up with, uh, you know, come up with a couple of projects, live action, TV, film, whatever. They're all yours. Money is not an object because we know it's going to hit. You know, so go ahead. What what do you have for us? So the million dollar question is, is that if you had the rights to do any type of project and budget isn't an option, uh, what would that project be? Like I said, whether it be live action, film, television, what have you, um, we are going to discuss some of ours today. But before we do that, 
I wanted to talk with the Boku Pop crew mm-hmm. um, about something that I'm sure everybody has heard over the internet and across the globe. As we all know, the Star Wars, as of this recording, the Star Wars Blu-ray <laughs> box mm-hmm. set will be out and available to the general public. Yes. And, and <laughs> Tressa has on Pimpin her R2-D2 shirt. Yes, right. Big Pimpin'. The Blu-ray box set will be out after this recording is released. But as we all know, there have been changes mm-hmm. uh, yes. to some of the uh, quote-unquote original trilogy. Uh-huh. Again, uh-huh. and some of those changes include uh, Ewoks that blink and return the Jedi. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, they're also the, but the major change that everybody's been talking about is the Darth Vader revelation <laughs> of him screaming, "No!" A revelation <laughs> is what we're calling it. So. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, first it's it's preceded by a calm "No," <laughs> and then "No." <laughs> That my peanut butter and no chocolate. No! <laughs> and then the emperor's thrown down the shaft. Yeah. Again. So I wanted just to, to get the opinion of the Boku Pop podcast crew and just just their opinion of it as a whole. You know, good, bad, indifferent, or I just really don't give a damn anymore. Um, <laughs> I, will start, I will start with Tressa. Oh, okay. Um, I, well, I mean, it's no surprise that there's changes because anytime Lucas gets a chance, he's like, you know, yeah, and change it. I don't know. I mean, I'm kind of indifferent to it just because I, I love Star Wars and I love the franchise, but... It's it was no surprise to me. Um, the Ewok thing, I mean, I'm kind of okay with because the pure fact that they don't blink is kind of creepy, you mm-hmm. know. And I just feel like a lot of the changes that that he seems to be making are based upon you know when he made these movies, he wasn't able to do certain things because technology just wasn't what it needed to be Mm -hmm. so with stuff like that with the Ewoks blinking I'm kind of like whatever that's fine of course I haven't seen it so I don't really know what it looks like Mm -hmm. or if it's bizarre Um, I've seen it is it, it weird? It's, it's not that bad. It's, no, it's no? not bad, no. All right, I've seen the clip. I mean, it's Just whatever. Just like, you know, everybody blinks. <laughs> Why not the Ewoks? Yeah. With the whole no thing, I'm a little perturbed because in that moment, you kind of, because he's silent, I always had that thought, like, what is he thinking, you know? Like, is he upset or is he like... I'm so glad that fucker's dead, you know? Or, like, <laughs> it's just kind of like, it's one of those things that the silence made it better yes. for me. The silence speaks volumes. Right, exactly. Yep. So, with him adding that he's screaming no, I don't like it. It's another example of how showing how he really isn't that good of a director. And, um... <laughs> That he's just kind of gone out of his noggin about things, and I just I, I I'm I'm a purist in a lot of ways, especially things that I love, and I feel like fine, go ahead, make your changes and and screw up certain things, but you know I, I would like to have a version that is straight up what was shown mm-hmm. originally, but I'm never gonna get that because he hates them. So I mean I'm kind of that's really the only thing that I would say about it was that. I thought the silence was a good thing and that he's adding that um, scream to it. It's just, it makes it weird and kind of hokey mm-hmm. and no likey. Well, I mean, here's here's my perspective on these because I am not, I'm not the biggest Star Wars fan. I appreciate the movies for what they are, but I've maybe watched them all the way through maybe twice 
Mm-hmm. I mean, maybe. And most of those times they were probably on TV. Mm-hmm. So I, I have never really had a kind of like definitive collection or I really have owned any copies of the originals. I bought the first three just because they were convenient when they were out at the time. Um, but the old ones weren't. And so I was I was looking forward to it because it was like, okay, you know, this will be cool. They're coming out on Blu-ray. They're going to, you know, tweak it so that it looks nice. And, mm-hmm. you know, this will be a good collection to get a hold of. I mean, I probably wouldn't get it when it first came out. I'd wait for the price to drop but but when i found out that they were again going to be tweaking it i haven't seen the blinking but for me the thing that i find charming about a lot of these older movies that were made in the henson era was the fact that they did use puppets for a lot of the creatures in these films and because they did use puppets the creatures were actually there they were there when the filming was done, yeah. and you can actually see the interactions that they have with the other actors. And it doesn't bother me that they don't blink because we know they're puppets, mm-hmm. you know. And, and puppets do have their limitations, and they're you know they're bulky, and you know sometimes when they walk they look silly, or you don't ever see their feet. But these are things that you know. No, kind Ewoks of, aren't puppets, though. Well, but they're but they are <laughs> Those people. Those are people inside, right? They're people yeah. inside, Tiny but people. the the faces and stuff they're yeah. along the same. Lines. Now, I'm saying nowadays, if Ewoks were in a movie, they'd be CG. Yeah. Cool, yeah. They wouldn't oh, be yeah. people in suits. Right. They wouldn't and, be tiny furries. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and so the thing for me is that it's like you're, you're, you're fucking up something that was fine to begin with. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I'm with you with adding the silence to the no. It's like, why does it need to be there? It doesn't. Clearly, these movies were good enough <laughs> to have made this franchise last almost, what, 40 years now? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, and I don't understand why he keeps fucking with it. Now, when he put in some of the extended scenes and he kind of fleshed a few things out in some of the last editions, I didn't mind them as much, but I feel like he already had his chance to do that and he needs to stop it. I mean, this is it. And, And he's replacing the puppet Yoda with a CG Yoda. For episode one. Yeah, yeah. which really pisses me off because I like I, I the puppets. I think the puppet looks so much better. Than I like the puppet better. When the first, uh, when the other movies came out, um, the second and third movie, when those came out, I was really pissed that they made him CG because I think he looks so much better as a real creature mm-hmm. who's there. It seems like that, but like, with but, the, the whole puppet thing, I under, I agree, but there's one other thing that they're changing. Like, oh, the door that C-3PO and R2-D2 walk up to when they're getting to Jabba's yes. lair or Which whatever is now it ginormous. is. It's now, like, he's made it gigantic. That door. Oh, really? Do you know what I'm talking yes, about? Yes, I have seen a picture of that. Yeah, and then- which kind of, I'm like, okay, that's a weird thing to pick out. Like, you know, I need this to be bigger. Right. Um, but at the same time, it's kind of like, again, along the lines where maybe that's something he wanted to begin with and couldn't have that in there. Well, they're unnecessary changes. Exactly, yeah. And and this is how I look at it. Put out a fucking director's cut. Put out a cut that you that that's what you call it. It is the director's cut. You can do whatever the hell you want with it. But give oh, the people the what they really massacre. want. Yeah, the director's <laughs> massacre. You know, but give give the fans what they want and the fans have been screaming for years. We want just the theatrical release. We want just the plain movie. Give us that. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, Blu-rays are ginormous. Put them both on the same disc mm-hmm. so that, you know, people can watch the bullshit that he wants people to see, and then they can go back and watch what they really want to watch.
among the big Star Wars fans, I mean, I grew up on Star Wars. You know, my parents saw them in theaters. They've had every single copy of them known to man, from the first VHS box to the gold and silver VHS box. Sorry, I was asking for another Reese's. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I love how we get so distracted when side conversations come up. <laughs> Thank you. Please, um, continue. It's been my life. And I feel like in the whole of Star Wars fans, my opinion's a little more unpopular. I don't care at all. Um, <laughs> the The no part... I think just sounds dumb. Yeah. It sounded dumb in episode three. Yeah. yeah. He stands up and I'm just campy. like, it, it's just dumb. And then, you know, people put him on a roller coaster with that sound bit. <laughs> <laughs> and it just became the funniest little thing. So that that's the only one that I'm kind of like, what the hell, George Lucas? Yeah. But, I mean, my big thing with it, this is his baby. Mm-hmm. I mean, he's not that great of a director, mind you. But, you know, this is his baby. This put him on the map. So, yeah, he's going to do whatever the fuck he wants with it. It's going to happen. We've expected it. Mm-hmm. Changing Yoda into CG for the first movie doesn't bother me because it's consistent with 2 and 3. Okay. Mm-hmm. If they changed Yoda in 5 and 6, oh, man. that would bother me. Yeah. There'd be an uprising. Yes. Oh, yeah. Yeah. But where it's just in episode 1, they're keeping that consistency, I don't really care. Okay. The Ewoks... Whatever. Yeah. I mean, you you can really you can barely tell. I mean, you can see it, but it's not really that big of a deal. So that's another one that I'm like, I don't know why people are freaking out. Mm-hmm. I mean, they're creatures. <clears throat> he wants them to blink. They're blinking. Yeah. It's not really that bad. It's not creepy. Whatever. Right. Well, I guess I think that it's more of just an issue of it's the fact that the fans have clearly said that this is not what they want, mm-hmm. and yet he's still doing it. Oh yeah. Well, because mm-hmm. because he knows no matter what. You're going to buy it. They'll still buy it. They'll still still, still, still buy it. And I don't think people should. And I mean, I know I'm not. As soon as I heard that they were changing it again, I went, you know what? Fuck it. I don't need it enough. Well, and I mean, that's an opinion from you you clearly said that you don't really care that much for it. Right. But I do. And I will say that it has deterred me from thinking, oh, I got to get that. See, the thing is, like with that box set, what really got me was, was that was this, that it was going to come with an extra disc with like a bunch of cut scenes never yes. seen before like yes. growing up as a child mm-hmm. having like time magazines and those uh, movie magazines that had all these like scenes that were not in the movie right. like, oh uh-huh. this is cool why didn't I see this in the movie well now I get to see those clips you yeah. see all of them very awesome very cool now as far as like the other changes I'm a grown ass man <laughs> I really just don't give a damn anymore <laughs> no that's whatever I, you know, he's going to do what he wants he's going to do what he, like he says he's going to do what he wants yeah. and and this is coming from someone who's literally seen all the changes mm-hmm. he's made yep. since the 70s, 80s, 90s, and the aughts. I've seen all the changes. Mm-hmm. I remember, like, my mom took me to see Star Wars in a movie theater when I was th- when I was two. She took me to see Star Wars, and I saw it again later on. And I remember the very first time I saw a change was when uh, Luke and Han and Obi Wan Kenobi. Where, uh, with uh, C-3PO and R2-D2, they were in the Death Star, and they were in that little uh, special room, and R2-D2 like accessed the computer to find uh, Princess Leia's detention block, mm-hmm. and also find the quote-unquote power generator to, yes. uh, you know, the shield generator to let uh, Han and them out. Well, originally, like, you see all those images flashing, and in the original version, you just see R2-D2 doing this thing, and the images are just flashing, and it shows the port where Obi-Wan Kenobi has to go. Yes. And that's it. Year, couple years later, I'm watching it on HBO, and while those images are flashing, C3PO is giving a step-by-step process of how 
to, if you shut down this, we'll be allowed to leave. Yeah. And that's when I first heard it. And like when I was a kid, I didn't pay attention to it. And I was like, wait a minute. Because like, I had an uncle that had the original version on VHS. Oh, yeah. And then I had my HBO version. I'm playing them at the same time. <laughs> you know, you, you know, you're a kid. You're, you're a nerd. It's like, fuck it. I got to hear this. Yeah, you got to know. Like, how do you make this change? How is this possible? How, how can you do this? And then, you know, change after change after change. Even like when, when Star Wars originally came out on DVD, that was like the second version of the special edition. Yes. <clears throat> and and then he That's dro- one I have. And then he dropped another set, which actually does have the original versions of the film. Those are the ones I have. But but they're yep. in four but they're in four eighty, uh four eighty P, which mm. means like if you have a seven twenty resolution television, it's gonna be small yeah, on the screen. Yeah, yeah. Minor correction. Instead of that whole 480p, 720p comment, what I should have said was that that version of Star Wars is in a 4x3 uh, letterbox format, so basically it doesn't fill the entire screen. It's set up to where a standard television screen um, viewing a Star Wars would fit, as opposed to an HD screen where it just plops it right in the middle and it doesn't take up the whole screen. That's what I meant to say, but I was high off of medication during the recording of that episode, so hey, there you go. All right. Now, back to the program. Yeah. Because he's like, look, that's not the version I want you to see. He's right. like, you, you asked for it. I'm giving it to you, but I'm not remastering yes. this shit. Make it look shit like shit. Because I don't want you to see this. Mm-hmm. You know, and sometimes I'm like, okay, is this more Lucas? Is this more Rick McCallum? I don't know. But I'm, I'm to the point now where it's just like, I honestly, I, you know, I just don't care anymore. Because it's, <clears throat> yeah. it's, it's no different what he's doing because he owns it. He can do whatever he wants to with it. Mm-hmm. It's kind of like with an artist by the name of Neil Adams. Neil Adams has been going back to some of his old stuff and touching it up. Yeah. I'm like, dude, why? Why would you want to do that? You know, why wouldn't it be easier if you just like we can just see that progress of like your artistic growth? Why do you want to go back and touch up your old stuff? Well, it's even along the same lines. Every artist has that piece of work that they've done that people love, Mm -hmm. but they look at it flawed. And yeah, because well, they they've grown have, so much. Yeah, and, and they're if, like, "Oh, this looks like crap." Yeah, and if they yeah. had the chance to go back to change it, they would. And in it, like the more recent um, version of this would be like The Walking Dead. Robert Kirkman has said that you know the reason why the television show is already so different is because he's able to go back now and make those changes to the plot. Yes, mm-hmm. that maybe he would have want to do mm-hmm. with the book series. Yeah, but um, you know he wasn't. You know, you wouldn't be able to really do that with a book. Mm-hmm. But now that he's got the show, he can do that. But that's a different medium. It's an outlet where he can make those changes and do that, and it seems a little more accessible. Yeah, I know or it's a different medium, right. but you but know, at the same time, it's still it's the, the same, same idea. Process, yeah. it, I mean, it is the same idea, but there aren't a lot of artists. I mean, I guess the one that you just mentioned, mm-hmm. um, but you know, people who do you know canvas art and things mm-hmm. like that, going back in and you know recreating their old work. Because it doesn't look good to them, and you know, I mean, I understand that it's it's their property; they should be able to do with it what they want. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, it, I mean, it's like he's picking it to death. Yeah, you know, it, it just it gets to a point where it's just enough is enough. You know, I don't know. It just it bothers me because I think, I think as an artist, you put something out and you do it. And you just need to move on. And especially if what you've done is already good enough. Yes. You know, and the audience appreciates it. And I think that's a lot of times why the studios hold on to the rights of that shit so long so that people can't go back and fuck with it. And and he's in a situation where he does own it and can do whatever he wants. Yeah. And I mean, as an artist myself, I know there are certain pieces that I've worked on that... It's like people may love, but I never want to go back to it again. I'm mm-hmm. like, screw it. Yeah. Keep moving on, you know? My but, blank painting. 
So, you know, (laughs) it's one of those things that I can kind of understand in a way, but with the way my personality is, most of the time I I would say to things, I'm like, you know, that's finished. I'm moving forward. Mm -hmm. People like it, so... The funny thing with me with with the Star Wars changes, the when he came out with the DVD sets, like the ones that he did put the original releases onto, things like that. Those changes bothered me more than the ones he's doing now. Wasn't that the one where he changed um, the spirit form of Obi Wan? Yes, they made it. You know, Hayden Christensen. That I don't reach. I'm sorry, um, Darth Vader. I could reach to the end of days about that. Because you know, because when, was, when he died, he was a Jedi again. So why the fuck are you going to turn him like back no into the whiny? Yeah. yeah, and then the fact, and this is another one, a and little I hate, one. Hate Christians. Exactly. <laughs> right. People think I'm goofy for this one. Boba Fett is one of my favorite minor characters in these movies. Mm-hmm. Freaking love him to death. It bothered the crap out of me that the few lines he had in those movies he changed, and it's Jango Fett's voice. Yeah, it's but, not. Jeremy Bullock. Yeah. Like it was in the originals. And I'm like, dude, you know, yeah, so what? He's a clone. He's an unaltered clone. That's not necessarily going to mean he's the same voice. Mm-hmm. I love that man to death. Why would you take away the few lines he had? Mm-hmm. You know, so like things like that bothered me more than the ones they're doing now. These ones, I'm just like, eh, but <laughs> I just think it's kind of funny. Those ones, well, I. Those are kind of. Stood on a pedestal. Those are about. straight up casting changes. Yes. If you think about it. Mm-hmm. Yes. And that's more upsetting than anything, I think, as well. Yeah. I mean, especially with like, Jeremy Bullock. Yeah. It's like I you, mean, you cast them for a reason. Yeah. Why change it? Right. Ugh. Well, the fourth member of Boku Pop that couldn't be here, uh, Justin Stewart. He, yes. He, he, he's on baby duty. Yes, he's on <laughs> baby daddy duty. Yes, he is. <laughs> Papa Bear, what's up? Um, he uh, sent a text message that said, in regards to this uh, topic, yeah. All I'll say is, all I'll say is, if you cook a nice steak long enough, you'll burn the shit out of it, right? <laughs> that's yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I, and I really can't talk that. Yeah, no, that that, that, that sums it up. Yeah, yeah. that sounds just like it. <laughs> What's that smell? Oh, it's Star Wars. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> We're leaving it in a little longer. It's okay. Right. Yep. It'll be good. Oh, oh no. Uh, we burned it. Yeah. Yeah, time oh, to get well. puke steak. Yep. Yep. Chicken fried steak, everybody. All right, here we go. is we will get to our um, main segment. Um, we are now Hollywood producers rolling in the dough. Ah, ah, one, so can yes. 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 one can dream. One can dream. There's that couch. Yes. <laughs> and if you like... To- <laughs> 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 right. Yeah. Uh, Welcome to our world. This <laughs> is what we do. We yep. bring the inappropriateness. It's terrible. Inappropriateness to well, you. Well, a- a.k.a. me. I'm yeah, that's right. just <laughs> the one that instigates Leave it. the cocaine outside. Aww. Aww. Cocaine outside. <laughs> Darn. 
<laughs> Cocaine is a hell of a drug. Um, but we have no experience with this. No, whatsoever. <laughs> Not at all. <laughs> but, no. Pass that over. <laughs> but no, um, what we're going to do is we're going to talk about some of the projects that we would green light if we had the ability to. And yeah. um, you know what? What we see. Last time we started with Tressa, we're uh-huh. going to go. We're going to go the opposite way. We're going to start with Mr. Oh, Matt. Great. All right. Okay. Well, pass it up. You'll be the only one coming here for a while. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, snap. Ouch. Well, no, this was, um, this actually was kind of a tough topic for me because the the type of nerd that I am and the, the media whore that I claim to be, a lot of the stuff that I already like is in film form or mm-hmm. is in TV form. Yes. And I kind of just roll with what's going on. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, I kind of had to sit back and think, well, what have I... You know, I was like, I'm gonna have to stick with like a book medium or like comic books or video games because that's pretty much the only thing that hasn't that I could probably pull from. But I don't really read many books, so or finish many books, I should say. <laughs> mm-hmm. So it's hard for me to make that determination. And I'm really behind on comics and and a lot of stuff that I'd like is already in the works, which is exciting for me. Yes, but. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, do you want to just go over one and then go around? Yeah, we we'll do, one, we'll do okay. one piece and we'll go around. And go well, um, I, I have I have one comic book and a few video games, so I'll go ahead and start with a video game. Um, this is one that I don't know if it's in the works. I feel like it probably is, but if it wasn't, I would definitely make sure that it, it got made. And that's Bioshock. Mm. Okay. I think the game sorry. itself has such a compelling story and the atmosphere is just so enveloping mm-hmm. that I think it would translate really well into film. Mm-hmm. Um, has everybody here played the game? Played and destroyed it. Yeah. Love it so I, much. I've watched friends play I've it. I've watched okay. people play Oh, well, God, it's so good. Because, I mean, the idea of the game, and, you know, I guess spoiler alert, I'm not going to give away too much, but <clears throat> the idea of the game is that, you know, I don't even know... I, it's been a while since I've played it, but... For some reason, there's this guy, he's in a plane, the plane crashes in the middle of the ocean, and conveniently it crashes right where this little, like, piece of land with, like, a, it's like, it's not a lighthouse, but it's like a little place that you can go in. Yeah. And he goes in it, there's this capsule, he gets in it, it takes him underwater to this underwater city of Rapture. I mean, that opening sequence in itself oh my God, it was is fucking badass, and I'm like, that right there, I mean, come on. I mean, that would be so cool. My jaw was to the floor uh, when right. I first played I was like, I don't exactly. I was like, what's going on? Because I had no idea. I'd yeah. only briefly heard little things about the game. So the idea of the game is that you're in this kind of retro underground or underwater facility that's kind of set back in like the 50s, maybe. Yeah. Um, 1949, I think, is the actual time that shows up. Um, so, but anyways, but the the whole concept is that these people moved to this underwater facility, this underwater town, because they wanted to go someplace where perfection could be pursued mm-hmm. a lot of like physical perfection and, and yeah. things like that and there was a doctor down there who really encouraged that and kind of went crazy and started mutilating people and mm-hmm. they you know it's this whole like psychological twisted shit and everybody that's still alive down there is coming after you mm-hmm. and 
you know, there are big daddies, which are guys in giant underground metal or underwater metal suits and stuff. And there's just a lot of images that I think would relate really well to film. And there's a bit of a twist to the story because uh, some of the, the major plot points have to do with what you as a player are doing within the game and that is part of the whole shit moment that you know you're like ah crap and it would be hard to relate that exactly in film but I think the audience could get it if it's revealed in the right way that you know the reason why this character is driven to do what he does and you know and I think the end it has a decent ending you know it could be retweaked for a film but I just think imagery wise and plot wise I think it has it has enough momentum behind it to get people interested. And, you know, there was a sequel. It's not that great. Uh, it's not as good as the first one. But it's good enough that I feel like you could make a sequel with the film. Mm-hmm. And you could even branch out and just make it your own trilogy after you do the first one. You know, it's like you could kind of follow the plot line of the first two movies enough. So... Now, and oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead. That, just one, that game forever ruins the phrase "Would you kindly?" Oh, right. Just saying. Yep. Just throwing that out there. Yep. <laughs> Isn't there a third one coming out? There is a third one coming out, mm-hmm. but it's not. It's called Bioshock Inf- uh, Infinite. Infinite. Yeah. And it actually takes place in a different time period mm-hmm. and in a different place. It oh, takes okay. place in a sky city. Yeah. In like the 19... I don't know. What would you say? It's like early turn of the century. I think so. Yeah. It's a know, little earlier than... Kind of industrialism. The other ones were. Era. But um, pretty excited. It's uh, kind of that like meet me in St. Louis time period. <laughs> Whenever that <laughs> takes place. That's what it always reminds me of. Big, you know, big bands and fanfare and yes. lots of patriotism and stuff. But... But yeah, so that one takes place in the sky, and that it's kind of in the same reality, but it's a different if it's a different setting, and none of the people are the same. Mm-hmm. Oh, so okay. that in itself, I mean, depending on how good the game is, you know, could also be, you know, part of it. And you know, if it's, I don't know, I just think it's a, I think it's an interesting property to work with. Oh, yeah. I think there's a lot of options there. Now, would this be like a combination of like live action and CGI, or just all CGI itself? I personally prefer live action movies to CGI movies. I think they have more of a staying power with mm-hmm. me. Mm-hmm. I like CGI films and I do think that you're able to do a lot more with a CGI film, but the fact that we're moving a video game into the film <laughs> realm, it seems almost too close yes. to do it oh, yeah. in full CG. So okay. I think, you know, the live action would would fit better. You know, and I mean, you'd have a lot of CG properties with all the underwater stuff, but I think that you wouldn't really be required to do that much CG-wise, or it wouldn't be as CG-heavy because there aren't a lot of, like, crazy creatures. A lot of the people that you fight are just normal people with disfigurements Ah. that could be done with makeup and prosthetics. And, you know, the big daddies could... BCG, it would probably work out best, but they could also be in a kind of like, you know, person in a suit, robotics mm-hmm. kind of. I think they realm. they would be the only thing that. Would yeah, because they're so they're it, so big know? and they're so cumbersome. Um, yeah. But but they don't really they don't really come into play as much. I mean, they do, but they kind of walk around more mm-hmm. in the first game. Yeah, they kind of lurk with the little. With the little sisters, these little girls that are in it. Um, 
So I, I don't think it would need to be as CG heavy. I mean, I think CG should be incorporated to make it look nice mm-hmm. because it would help. Yes. But yeah, I would go with a live action film. Cool. Casting, I have no idea. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> and, and on all of mine, I mean, I'm like, I wouldn't really know who to put in that place. And the interesting thing about that, because that game is a first person shooter, mm-hmm. it could be anyone. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Really. Just find a good actor. <laughs> yes, you know, or actress. Really, I mean, it doesn't necessarily have to be. No, I mean, it's a it's a guy, a guy in the game, mm-hmm. but it doesn't have to be. As I long mean, as you don't cast Mila Jojovich, we cool. Uh, I like what? no, I like Mila Jojovich, but it's like I, just, I don't. Could you all hear my heartbreak like, no. just a little bit? I was like, no. she's perfect at everything. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I, no. I'm cool with Mila Jojovich. I'm cool with it. It's just that, like, anytime Sony has, like, a video game movie, uh-huh. yeah, they... go get Mila. Right. 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 You know. It... Well, actually, she, um, if they had to do one and they had to put her in it, um, I would say she would probably be better off as, uh, is it Professor Lamb? Or there's a woman and her last name is Lamb. She could have a cameo. She's in the, in the second, second one. one. Right. Yeah, she's the main antagonist. I could maybe see... If they had to put her in something, yeah, I could see her in that. To. They're under contract. Right. Always <laughs> with a I think you ought to do it. Yeah, yeah. If they had to do it, put her as... I think uh, she would be a good lamb. You know, I mean, yeah. she probably wouldn't be the best, but no. she could do it. And of it's course, weird. you'd have to have the little sisters, the yeah. one casting choice I would make. Mm-hmm. the All the little sisters, because they all look the same. Mm-hmm. They just have different hair color. It should be that creepy-ass little girl from Silent Hill yes. and she The Ring. Yes, she would be perfect. Yeah. I mean, she's totally creepy. Yeah. She, she's know. only played creepy roles. Yep. Yeah. Yep. And yeah, the get her now while she's young, creepy. though, yeah. she's going to get older and it's going to be less endearing. I mean, they're adorable, <laughs> but creepy. <laughs> so, so that's mine. Cool. Sweet. Do we have time to go over any others? Yes. I had a field day with this one. (laughs) Like Matt, it was really difficult at first because I'm kind of the same way, you know, as like I'm thinking of a lot of TV shows, a lot of movies that are out there that it's like, well, they're already there. That's cool. But then I thought of one and it was like an epiphany from heaven with it. (laughs) Um, It, you know, when they came out with Final Fantasy VII Advent Children, Mm -hmm. it was a sequel to the game. Mm -hmm. One of my favorite games of all time. I would do a Final Fantasy VIII sequel. Hmm. Interesting. Yeah, and that would be neat. I would do it in the same, you know, same vein, full CG, uh, feature length. Um, I got very detailed with it. A budget of about 150 million. Oh wow! Because I know a lot of the Pixar movies, their budget is around 120 million and yeah. up. So yeah. I was like, well, that that would, I think that would cover it pretty well. Well, you would almost need to do that because I know on one of the podcasts that you do that I listen to, you guys were talking about budgeting films and yeah. how it's mm-hmm. like there's no middle range anymore. Mm-hmm. It's either a low budget movie or it's or a really huge, high. Yeah. you know, a huge big budget movie. And for me, a million is that what you said? 150, 150 million. Yes. I'm like probably pretty low (laughs) for a big budget Final Fantasy movie so you know I don't know if I would want it however many years later uh, because I know 7 it was 2 years later 
I didn't really think about that specifically, but, you know, I figured it could be something that, yeah, maybe it starts out as a, this is where they are now kind of deal, mm-hmm. you know, who's still hanging out together, squalling right now, I may be married, you know, right. whatever. Um, and then the issue that drives the plot of the movie pops up, which could be something like another sorceress mm-hmm. shows up, maybe after Rhinoa, since she was so powerful as a sorceress in it. Her sister or something. Mm. Yeah. And for Squall, I would cast uh, Crispin Freeman. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry. Um, <laughs> <laughs> the two the two big roles I identify him with, he was Alucard and Helsing, and he was Sume and Wolf's Reign, which he was like the, the really tall gray wolf. Um, he's he's always plays kind of a, a standoffish kind of character. I feel like he could do the whole withdrawn, slightly emo squall very well. <laughs> <laughs> Wasn't he also in um, Blood Plus? I think he was. Yeah, yeah. He was. He's um, been in so much. He's so like, good. And he is like he's always that character. That's yeah, very kind of. He always plays that kind of character. Mysterious. Yes. <laughs> yeah. For Rhinoa, I would cast Kelly Sheridan. Um, big thing with her, she was the main character in the anime Escaflone. Okay. Oh, yeah, okay. <laughs> so, was and, she the main girl? Yeah, she was the main that? girl, Hitomi. Um, Maya Sakamoto voiced her in the Japanese yes, she version. she did. She's right. fabulous. Hipster. <laughs> he did the hipster, like, I've Like, I it. know what I'm talking I about, but you don't. Know. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> totally. I watched the Japanese version. <laughs> <laughs> no, I just love Maya Sakamoto. So, you know, I f- she play she plays the, the lighthearted but can be serious really well, which Reno always had with her, where she, she can be very lighthearted, but she's not, like, crazy squeaky voice either, so, you know, wouldn't want to cast anyone like that for her. Um, for Quistus, I would do Colleen Clickenbeard. Uh, she was Riz a Hawkeye in Full Metal Alchemist. Was the big one that I relate to that. I, feel I like. love her. <laughs> now, which one was she? She was the instructor. Oh, and like the was she in like the pink suit? Yeah, she had the with pink the suit with hair. the blonde gotcha. hair and the glasses. Okay. That would be her. Kirby Morrow, I would cast for Zell. Um, which one is Zell? Zell is he's the student with Squall. He's the very hot-headed guy that yes, with the tattoo on his face. Gotcha. And he's all like, I'm ready to go. Let's do this. <laughs> um, I wish you all could have seen what she just did. That's pretty sweet. Um, some sweet. of the big things that Kirby Morrow has been in. He was Miroku in Inuyasha. He was the monk. He was Cyclops in X Men Evolution. And he was Troa in Gundam Wing. And, I know, you know, those characters, they can be a little more serene, but, and then some, you know, little minuscule stuff that he's been in, I feel like he could pull off the hothead really well. You know, he's got a very youthful feel to him, and, you know, most of these characters are really young. Yes. So I would cast him as Zell. For selfie, she, the crazy girl with the hair that, like, flips out, and she <laughs> wears the yellow suit. I would cast Laura Bailey as her. Okay. Because Laura Bailey has done so many, like, she has such a great high-pitched voice. You know, she was Toru in Fruits Basket, for one. So she's got that really, you know, perky, I'm ready to go, let's right. do this type deal. Um, I feel like it would be very good. For Irvin, the suave cowboy <laughs> That's with the, the shotgun, I, yeah, he was I would cool. cast Steve Bloom. Because he's done some rough characters like Wolverine. Like, he is the staple Wolverine. He's done so many other characters that are a lot more suave. He did Spike Spiegel in Cowboy Bebop. You know, he's very, hey, I'm just kind of here, kind of awesome kind of You know, it's interesting that you say that because I feel like that probably would be an appropriate casting choice for that character. Mm -hmm. But I'm pretty sure if someone actually made this movie, they would not cast that type of voice actor. They would would cast like a a Spider-Man kind of more of a higher-pitched character actor voice yeah you're sounding yeah, yeah I just I feel like they would because I don't know there was something that I just remember about that character where I'm like they wouldn't do that one right 
they tend to do those guys wrong. So. Yeah, yeah, they tend to do him wrong, but I would do it right, yo. Right? That's how that would <laughs> That's why Carrie's doing it. It's true. stupid studio. It's true. And then um, the last guy that I had cast was, you know, Cypher. He was the main oh, protagonist yeah. to Squall. I would cast David Kay as him. Um, the big things for me that he's been in, he was Seshomaru in Inuyasha. Mm. Um, he was Trey's Kushranada in Gundam Wing. In a lot of the Transformers things, he's actually been Megatron. <laughs> Cypher's not evil, but, you know, he's... he He's could, pig-headed. He's, yeah, he's very pig-headed, you know, and I always felt like he had that really deep voice, that really, you know, our kind of deal, and I just, I feel like he could play him off really well with being like, I have, I kind of have evil intentions, but at the same time, I'm kind of a cool guy, so mm. when you first talk to me, you wouldn't expect it, type deal. Cool. So those are my casting choices. <laughs> I thought it all out. I was like, <laughs> I want this to happen. Right. <laughs> now, can you guarantee me that this Final Fantasy movie will be better than the Sony Columbia film Final Fantasy: The Spirits Within? Well, duh. Okay. <laughs> the movie was not that bad. I mean, I like the it movie. Wasn't. It's on my DVD so, shelf. Yeah, I but. have it. So many people hate on that movie, and I'm like, it was okay. It was okay. It was all right. <laughs> I mean, it wasn't Final Fantasy. I agree. Now, see, I think see, that, that, that was the whole yes. thing. If yes. it wasn't called Final Fantasy, yes. then I probably would just said, <laughs> yeah. hey, cool, whatever. Right. Yeah. But it was it was like their first attempt to try to do something that would be mainstream before they realized that, oh, dirt, people actually wanted them to do mm-hmm. real Final Fantasy CG. Exactly. And then they um, came out with Advent Children. And yeah. It was fabulous. Which was good. I enjoyed it. It was good. Mm-hmm. I'd actually like to see them do a CG virgin virgin <laughs> CD version of Final Fantasy 4 which yeah. I think is one of their biggest titles but I'd like to see them go back and make movies out of a lot of their properties they why not well I guess I'm the first person to not pick a video game <laughs> what? what I read more <laughs> um, That's why you have such bad eyesight. Probably. <laughs> uh, so, actually, my first pick would be His Dark Materials by Philip Pullman. Oh, no, so? wait. I know that they... Um, I do believe they've already made one of those. They made one. <laughs> <laughs> now, um, but, okay. So, yeah, they made The Golden Compass already. Ah. Which was directed by Chris Weitz, I think is how you say it, or Weitz. I don't know. Weitz. Uh, Weitz. Yeah. Um, which is actually, he's the genius behind one of the Twilight movies, New Moon. Oh, oh yeah. yeah. Oh, my so, God. Um, you know, you can only polish a turd so many times. <laughs> but, uh, no, he really did not do a good job with The Golden Compass. Because I actually read those books a few years before um, the movies came out. And uh, it's a three-part book. It's The Golden Compass... The Subtle Knife and the Amber Spyglass. Sorry. Yeah. Um, The Amber Spyglass? The Amber Spyglass. And they came out, actually, um, the first one was released in 1995, The Subtle Knife in 97, and The Amber Spyglass in 2000. So, and I read them probably, I think it was somewhere around 2007 that I ended up reading them, and I just plowed through it. It's an amazing series. They're very controversial in the ideas that Pullman um, kind of goes through because it's very much about... It's kind of... It's a fantasy sort of steampunk style um, to the books, and when I say controversial, it's basically questioning God Mm -hmm. in in the books. 
And um, I'm not really somebody who has any problem with reading you know, books that kind of question that. And so I found them absolutely fascinating and I loved how Pullman described characters and all these creatures that the main character Lyra came encounter with. It's just a very expansive series and it was like nothing I had ever read before. Take for instance the Harry Potter books. If you're on a certain level of just like creativity, this is like 50 times more. I just, I was enamored with it. And when they came out with the first movie, I was just like, okay, um, this is interesting, you know, and you always, when you read a book, you have certain ideas of what the characters look like in your head, and, and you know, a lot of the casting was spot on, but a lot of it, I was kind of like, ugh, no. And then, he, I just don't feel like White's captured that feeling in the books. He just did a shit job of it, and I would do a better job. Mm. And, um, so, <laughs> and be better. basically, mine would be at least a five-part series. Okay. Because um, I think you could probably fit the first book into a film that was at least like three hours long. And I'm one of those people that I'm like, three-hour movie, let's do this. You know, <laughs> I'm like, yeah. if it's good, then I will. I mean, I'm paying so much to go see a film. I will sit there for three hours and watch something that's good. So and. <clears throat> Even though it's a three-parter book, I think you would have to make it a five-part series because there's just there's so much that happens and there's so many things that you would really have to build up to. Um, and basically, as far as a director goes, am I the first person to say a director? Mm-hmm. Okay, but you like the director. I love all, um, about, all directors. about directors. And surprise, surprise, I'd pick Christopher Nolan. Um, <laughs> because, no, see. I of mean, I'm, of course. It's not just because I love him. Um, but she loves I, him. I love, love, love yes, him. Love. So I think that <laughs> he's he's an innovative enough director to tackle these books. And he's never done anything that is this far on the side of sci- you know fantasy. Um, Who directed uh, Stardust? That was Matthew Vaughn. Oh, okay. He also yeah. directed X-Men First Class, Yes. Right? Yeah. I, I, I'd he like to see... Yeah. I think he could do a good job it, as well. Yeah, I think he could, but I think Christopher Nolan, he's so good at, at tackling things that are kind of just like blow your mind right. type of material that a lot of the stuff in these books are like that. Mm-hmm. And yeah. I think he would be able to do that. And the studios would trust him with it. Right. That's yes. the biggest thing. You'd have to have a director that the studios would be like, okay, he's taking these series of books that a lot of people hate, a lot mm-hmm. of like diehard Christians really hate it because of what it talks about mm-hmm. and what it tackles but I think Christopher Nolan would do it in a tasteful tactful way and he would he would do it right and also he doesn't pander to the audience when he does his films mm-hmm. especially with Inception you know he could have said what happened in the end but he didn't mm-hmm. and I think I think a lot of with this book Pullman doesn't pander to the audience and the way things are explained and described he lets your mind run with it, and it's there. I can't say enough about them. So yeah, she uh, loves him. I, yes. I <laughs> <laughs> um, Just want to make sure everybody's clear on yes. this. Yeah. Yes. Um, Put a ring on it. Right. <laughs> um, and this would definitely, like, as far as budget goes, it'd have to have like a Harry Potter budget because mm-hmm. it has. Fantasy elements, elements that are witches, armored polar bears, um, basically alludes to broad range of things like physics and philosophy and theology. Um, everybody has their own demon, which not like 
your what you think of as a demon, but basically um, a familiar. Yeah. And your familiar, as you're growing up, can change into anything, like any animal. So the main character, Lyra, hers is mostly kind of like, it's usually like kind of like a little ferret mm-hmm. most of the time. No. But as you're growing up, it grows up with you, and once you get to a certain age, that familiar stays that creature for the rest of your life. And it's directly linked to you. It's amazing how he describes that that link between human and their demon. I mean, if you had seen the movie, you would have, you know, seen that. I would keep, as far as the casting goes, I, I mean, having Ian McKellen as a voice of the main armored bear. Yeah. That, like, that's golden. And the other casting element that I would say I would keep um, was Sam Elliott as Lee Scoresby. Um, when I read that book, I pictured Sam Elliott. And when I saw that they cast him in the movie, I was like, oh, my God. <laughs> they read my mind. Um, but as far as the other characters go, it's hard to say who would play Lyra because she's a 12-year-old kind of tomboy girl. And um, a lot of times with Hollywood, I'm, I really get irritated with little children actors. So, I mean... Is it, that Sarosi girl she is she too old old. at this point you'd have to pick somebody pretty young yeah Mm, but as far as the the woman who plays her mother and she's kind of like very dominating presence mrs coltier uh i would nicole kidman that's nicole kidman in the original um and i would put marion coltier oh yeah in that role Mm. because you know just seeing her in in its inception like she was so such a, a very domineering presence and oh, yeah. kind of scary. Yeah. Um, so and and that character in those books is like that. Yeah. And kind of a bitch. Am I the only one that kind of feels like Marion Coulter has kind of moved in and taken Nicole Kidman's role in Hollywood? Yeah. She. I mean, yeah. she's. I, I, mean, I really feel like it was like, all right, Nicole, move over. Move over. I'm here. <laughs> and then, um, because Nicole Kidman used to get all of those type of roles yeah. that she gets now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I just think it's interesting. That's um, funny. And then as I won't go through all the other roles because I mean it is a three-parter book and there's a lot of roles. <laughs> um, but the other main one is Lord Asriel, um, and Daniel Craig. Uh, that was Daniel Craig in the film. Um, I put Michael Fassbender because that is the type of I love Daniel Craig don't get me wrong but um, that's the type of person that I would put in that role I bet they'd have really good screen chemistry as well yeah yeah Mm. yeah Um, so, so we give her a moment. So, yes, God, the three of those so and beautiful. Christopher Nolan. Yes, oh my God, It'd just be like <laughs> blow my mind, dropped down from heaven, yeah, right, it would. right in front right. of you. It would because of how that character builds throughout the three stories. I think Michael Fassbender would be able to take on a role like that, mm-hmm. and it would be believable what he does in poor, the end. Poor Sweet. Daniel Craig. <laughs> um, no, I mean, don't get me wrong, I love him, but. And I have a cardboard oh, cutout of him from that movie yeah. sitting in my I mean, closet. I mean, don't don't get me wrong either. I mean, it's like I like both of them individually as actors. But, but it was a terrible I, they movie. They were terrible in that yeah, movie. Yeah, yeah. Oh. It was terrible. The only thing good about that movie was the polar bear. Yeah. So you can't it was good. And he you, knocked that face off of the other polar bear. Yeah. Fuck yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that polar bear kicked ass. Yeah. Everything else sucked. Yeah. So Ar- armored polar bears. Yep. Mm-hmm. That's pretty sweet. It it's is. very. That's it's, a concept within itself. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, they're polar yeah. bears. They're already dangerous, but then you put armor on them. And they're like, fight. Yes. <laughs> they're and they not can talk. touchable. It's one of those series that I have loved, and I want to go back and read because it's just it's so expansive mm-hmm. and. I think they would make a great film series if somebody did it right. Mm-hmm. 
I'm going to take you to the realm of comic books. Uh, I'm going to take it to an obscure character in the Marvel Universe. And honestly, I'm surprised that Marvel hasn't done anything with this yet. Because it can be done inexpensively. Mm -hmm. Because it's not a big-name character. The character is called the Taskmaster. Hmm. Taskmaster um, is a guy. As a quote-unquote, I'm, I'm on the Marvel Wiki page. <laughs> <laughs> he is a prodigious savant of skills with. Mon I see they're using big words. Oh, <laughs> words are terrible. Damn you, Wiki. Right. He has photographic reflexes, and what he can hmm. do is he can copy pretty much anybody's moves in the Marvel universe, like Cap, Hawkeye, Daredevil, okay. and all and all those and all those guys. He's got like this like kooky costume. Well, he's got like a generic version of Cap Shield, huh. Hawkeye's bow and arrow, Moon Knight's cape, Moon Knight's cape, <laughs> you know, all this stuff. And he can pretty much mimic anybody in the Marvel universe hmm. that, that doesn't have like you know superpowers, you know. And it's just a straight up action movie. Yeah. And it, it would be yeah. it would be directed by Anton Fuqua, who directed uh, the Replacement Killers, Training Day. Oh, yeah. Okay, uh, yeah. Directed the King Arthur movie mm -hmm. um, with mm -hmm. Clive Owen, yeah, and the Taskmaster will be played by Clive Owen. Ooh. Oh, okay. So, <laughs> oh, she done good. Right. An eyebrow raise yeah. on Nike? that. One. I like Clive Owen. I mean, I don't know enough about that character mm -hmm. to say whether or not I think he, he, he would work. He's but. the type of character that he's been around the comics for like a long time. Like I first read the Taskmaster in the issue of the Avengers back in like the late seventies, early eighties, mm -hmm. and basically on the front cover, it's pretty much like this image that none of you listening to the podcast can see where like he has like a you know cap shield and Hawkeye's bow and arrow and he's talking he's got also has a sword too yeah. and he's talking yeah. all this shit that yeah, he, he's he, got too much going on oh yeah man. he is everywhere he is everything and <laughs> he's every, all over the place he, they should call him multitasker <laughs> but he is one of my favorite characters in the Marvel Universe and for a while in the Marvel Universe he helped train uh he helped train some heroes for a while too. Oh, yeah. So he, he's he's played both sides of the fence. Mm -hmm. So his character in the in the film would be an anti-hero. Mm. Okay. Yeah. So like Punisher. Yeah. Kind of, yeah. Punisher esque. Yes. But better movies. <laughs> <laughs> what? Those are golden. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> there are pieces. To, the thing is, there are pieces of the Thomas Jane movie that I like. And then there are pieces of the Ray Stevenson movie, which were so over the top. I'm yeah. like, okay, I'll yeah. accept this part here. But both movies as a, as a whole. Mm -hmm. mm. Mm. <laughs> but um, <laughs> but this is a character, and, and, and we're probably going to see this more from Marvel in the near future, where you're going to see a lot of you know more minor characters oh, yeah. getting, oh, gosh, yeah. getting projects that aren't budgeted heavily, mm -hmm. but still look very big. Mm -hmm. So a project like this would probably be budgeted at around probably like $30, $35 million. Oh, wow. $15 million advertising budget. Yeah. And, um, and just try to get it out probably sometime in the spring. Yeah. Is he okay. in Marvel vs. Capcom 3? Because I'm seeing a computer-generated image. Yes. Mm -hmm. yes. He's one of the playable characters. He should characters. be one of the playable, playable characters, oh, yes. okay. Uh, so yeah, he's, he's yeah. not so completely unknown. No, 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 not completely, no. Because I'm not as familiar with the Marvel Universe as I am with DC. Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. Okay, cool. Well, and yeah. with as much butt as Marvel is kicking in movies, I mean, it's not yeah. out of the realm of possibilities, I mean, you know? Yeah. Well, and I'm, I'm looking at some images on my phone of him, and there's kind of like a, it's like an updated yeah, image of him. I don't a, know if, if that's him in the comics now. That was for a miniseries that was out about five, wow. or actually, not, no, nine years ago, I think. Oh, wow. 
Yeah, they used that for a while, and then yeah. when they went back to when they started doing stuff like Civil War uh-huh. mm-hmm. and, and stuff like that, they went back to the original outfit. Oh, okay. okay, because this to me almost this this newer image of him almost seems a little more doable mm-hmm. than the old one because it looks like he's got like instead of actually carrying the shield, he's kind of got like a psionic shield that comes out of one mm-hmm. of his gauntlets. Oh, and, wow! You know, and he has guns, and so it's almost like he could have the same type of character. Oh yeah, just and, and you in could a little play, more refined way, and you could play it either way because. Yeah. I, I, I like that version, that limited series from like years back, and yeah. I like the original too. So either or yeah. would, would you know would make me happy. Right. Um, plus, also that version that's in that miniseries, that miniseries was actually pretty good. And um, the way the action, the action is real fluid in certain some of the scenes. The action is very fluid, and I probably would base my Taskmaster off of that. Mm-hmm. Okay. In actuality, so yeah. Cool. So, so that's, that's I like it when there's characters that are like that because they've done that in several different things yeah. where they can mimic basically what other people can do and I like it when they do that. <laughs> the possibilities just, are limitless exactly. with them. Yes, uh, and I know you you may not like the Clive Owen, but... Well, I mean, he just always sounds like he's got cotton in his mouth when he talks. Oh, <laughs> I'm King Arthur. I did try to watch some of King Arthur last night. It's hard. Yeah, oh, yeah that's rough. That's a rough that movie. That's a rough movie. I felt bad for Antoine Fuqua. Yeah, yeah. Disney's like, yeah. yo, here's some money. Go make King Arthur. Yeah. For real? Uh, yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Kira Knightley worked out, so we're going to need to see her stomach. If you could make that happen. And her lack of boob. Yeah. But try and make it look like there's boob. Yeah. We're going to have a scene where she breaks her fingers and Clive Owen has to put them back in place. We're going to film this. Get ready. And like, and that's that, that was the scene that like, I, that, that was the scene that was on when I turned it on. I'm like, hmm, I'm missing nothing. <laughs> Okay, um, so my next one is also another book, <laughs> um, and it is also another. Um, I, don't, I guess I, I guess I wouldn't call historic materials a children's book because it's pretty deep, and I don't think a child would be able to get it. But um, no, this one is a children's book, and it's one of um, Neil Gaiman's recent children's books, and it's called The Graveyard Book. Mm. And. Um, <laughs> Yeah, well, um, and another thing, if you don't know, I love Neil Gaiman. He is my favorite author, to be, be all to end all. And I love he's, he's getting so much more attention now with companies wanting to um, develop his his books into series. So this one, it's called The Graveyard Book. And um, to sum it up, it's a children's fantasy book. The synopsis is it begins with a man called Jack... And he's killed three people, and he's searching for the fourth. And basically, he's killed this whole family, and now he's searching for the child that has gotten away. And the child escapes the house through an open door, and he goes into a cemetery that's up on a hill from in their neighborhood. The boy discovers that all these spirits that are living in the graveyard, he can see them. And after a lot of debate, a um, childless couple that lives in the in the graveyard, the the ghosts that have been buried together. Um, they never had a child, so they adopt him and they raise him and they call him um, no. They his name is Nobody Owens, <laughs> and they call him Bod for short. The whole book is uh, about nobody growing up in the graveyard. He he's taught you know all the same things that children are taught, but on top of that, he's basically 
taught how to do things that ghosts can do as well, which um, they call it fading, haunting, and dreamwalking. And his main teacher, his guardian, his name is Silas, and he basically watches over him. And all throughout the book, uh, Jack the Killer is searching from him, for him. And he, he knows, he pretty much kind of figures out that he's in this graveyard somewhere, but the ghosts are always um, thwarting him from finding nobody. Uh, it's so cool, and it's so different. And Neil Gaiman actually came up with the story back in the 80s when he was watching his son at the time play in a graveyard, and he noticed how comfortable he was in the setting, and he got the idea for the book. But at the time, he felt like he wasn't a good enough writer to portray it. Time out. Who lets a child play in the graveyard? <laughs> Neil Gaiman. Neil Gaiman. <laughs> <laughs> But, yeah, well, I mean, and it also kind of tackles that because graveyards or cemeteries back in the day, they used to be considered more, um, like, parks. And people would have picnics there and everything. And so it kind Let's of... Let's go have a picnic with Grandma. Oh, yeah, basically. And it, he kind of... It kind of takes it back to that time because nobody meets a young girl that is there with her parents. And she's playing around in the graveyard. And, and basically, he sees her throughout his life. So basically, to break it down, because he grows up throughout the book, it would have to be some form of animated movie. Mm -hmm. With that in mind, I would have Henry Silick as the director. And he's directed um, Nightmare Before Christmas and Coraline. And I would straight up make it the same type of film, yeah. that claymation, stop motion feeling, because he does it so well. And Coraline was a Neil Gaiman book, and I thought that he developed, um, he adapted it so well into film form that I, you know, I would think he would do it justice with this one mm -hmm. as well. So it would have to be in that same way because nobody grows up, and it, it when films have a child grow up and it's live action I always feel it's awkward um, so <clears throat> basically also it's kind of it's sort of broken down it's eight chapters and in each um, chapter it's like you know another year that the protagonist grows up as far as budget goes it would have to be along the same lines as Coraline I'm not really sure how much right. that budget was but um like I said, he did it beautifully in that film, and I think it would work just as well as this is with this one. And for voice actors, there really aren't a whole lot of characters. I mean, they have like kind of the minor characters up in the graveyard, um, and I really didn't put too much thought <laughs> into it, except for like the main main characters. Um, for nobody, I think a perfect person, and it's it's another one of those that I think I adore him, and I think he does great in everything he does. But it would be. Um, Greg Ayers, and um, he's, he's so great. He's basically an anime voice actor. Okay. Yeah. And he's he was in um, Samurai Seven, um, God, the Orin Host Club. Everything. He's been in everything. Um, Sayuki. Yeah. Basically, oh any anime you've seen, he's probably <laughs> a voice in there somewhere. And what's his name, Greg? Greg Ayers. Oh, okay. He was uh, um, the main uh, voice in Beck in the mm -hmm. series. Um, which I highly recommend if you love music and anime. Yeah, it's like it's the perfect marriage. He's a minor um, character in Full Metal Alchemist for yeah. a few episodes. He's in everything. He's in but everything. he's a great voice for a child. But he can make himself sound 
a little bit more. Yes. I mean, he's an adult man, but he's got this voice that's so recognizable. Well, well it's like, nice that they actually use a guy because usually it's girls. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Who play young boys? Well, and he tells stories. You know, I've met him at anime mm-hmm. conventions, and he tells stories. Well, he'll he'll answer the phone, and the people will be like, "Hi, little girl, is your mom?" Ah! Home? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and he's like, "What? <laughs> Sorry." Um, but yeah, I think he'd be great. Yeah, he'd be great for the role as Bod. Um, as far as the role as Silas, his guardian, um, I think Liam Neeson would, I mean, be amazing. Because he's Silas is very kind, I mean, he's a ghost. Well, he's kind of like an in-between. He's not really a ghost, and he's not really alive. He can kind of go between the worlds because he's able to thwart the, um, the, the killer, Jack, away from him. He's able to confront him. So yeah. it's, very, it's mm. very cool how he can go between the worlds. As far as Jack, I I mean, psh, I would put Mark Strong in the role because I'm proud of here. Yeah, there he is. Oh, Love it. Uh, proud it. Okay, so for those that, that 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 have not listened to the Boku Pop podcast, um, <laughs> Tressa has um, quite an affection for Mark Strong. She has a major heart on for Mark Strong. Yes, yes, just. Let's just put it out just there. Just put it out there. Yeah, let's put it out there. <laughs> <laughs> Carrie has a minor heart on for him. Yeah, I would no, say. it's pretty. It's Is yours pretty hard good. on pretty it's, good too? It's pretty massive. Like, <laughs> Story, but I think yes. I spurred it, and then Carrie was. Like, <laughs> 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 it was like the realization smacked me in the face. I was yeah, like, "Holy shit!" You, I was like, "You know, who I love Mark Strong," and Carrie's like, "Fuck yeah, he's awesome too." And oh, I just so, love yeah. that the dick jokes keep going. Yeah, yeah. I know. <laughs> uh, for those who don't know, look him up. Seriously, Tristan needs a moment. In all seriousness, um, he does a lot of voice acting, and. Um, yeah. He has a beautiful voice, mm-hmm. and uh, I think he would do well with the the villain of this movie. He plays a good villain. I'll give him that. Yeah, yeah he's he's a great well, and Green Lantern. Well, um, yeah, he was the best part of the Green Lantern. Um, but yeah, and he's His also big shiny bald head. Yes, yeah. he's beautiful. <laughs> um, but no, <laughs> seriously. Uh, what was my point? That you have a big heart on. For no, that wasn't the point. <laughs> we got distracted. That he makes good distracted. villains. Yeah. Um, and that's that's the graveyard book. And, I mean, it would probably have to be titled The Graveyard. Right. <laughs> yes. That graveyard book. The graveyard the book. The film. <laughs> That'd be awkward. So, yeah, that's my Can next Can I one. get the graveyard book action figure? Right. Yeah. And the graveyard book blanket? <laughs> <laughs> I would like the graveyard book poncho, please. Oh, yeah. Can I have the graveyard book graphic novel adaptation? <laughs> <laughs> you mean the book? book? <laughs> uh, yeah, sure. Yeah, sure. Whatever. Yeah. The novelization of the Graveyard Book film, adapted from the book, the Graveyard Book. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, the end. My next one would actually be a book, also. Um, It is a book that, God, I've been reading this book since I was a wee litlin. Um, I would do... One that has, again, already been done once, but I would do a movie adaptation of A Wrinkle in Time. 
mm. by Madeline Lingle. Yeah. I adore that book. And um, you know, those, there was already a film. Yes, there was a TV. Disney TV film <laughs> that sucked ass. <laughs> Just saying. Right. Yeah. The, right. Uh, uh, you brought out the anger. Uh huh. You, you did. I usually do. I'm the <laughs> I'm the instigator of the group. Though I mean, really, when you get the words Disney TV film. Yeah. You're not really that golden anyway. Nope. So mm. whatever. But yes, I would do a better movie adaptation of this book. Um, and I, you know, for those who might not be familiar, just a little quick synopsis: these kids, their father disappeared mysteriously. You know, they're going about their business, and then um, they get these ladies that show up, and it turns <laughs> out they're kind of like angels, which is like, whoa, okay. And they show them a way to travel. It's called Terrasact, where, the, where they eventually they fold space they fold dimensions and they just they cause a wrinkle in time <laughs> yeah that's really the See only how that works happen <laughs> and so they pop from one to the other so you know they they go off it starts off in this adventure it gets kind of serious they're trying to find their dad because their dad's in one of these other dimensions crazy shit happens all that jazz now am i correct was was this like a does this book have religious undertones because i really feel like for some reason i feel like this book is latched on by the religious community. A Wrinkle in Time? Yeah. I don't know. I, I've never actually read it. Neither have I. I haven't either, but I Was feel it like Carrie? it's one of those yes. books that the, yeah. that Christians promote. Well, because... Kind of like Narnia? Mm-hmm. With, yeah, with, it actually compares it to C.S. Lewis. Um, mm. It's highly expressive of her Christian viewpoint. I love that these books about, like, dimensional travel... Yeah. Are, well, know. if you'd like the complete opposite of that, I suggest His Dark Materials by <laughs> Yes, right. we have covered the entire spectrum. Yeah, yeah. it's true. Yeah. Yes. But, I mean, it's not, like, full of Jesus in that sense of her Christian elements. Jesus is the flying she, horse. She does, you know, bring up some psalms, I think, but it's not in, like, a religious manner. It's kind of more of a, you know, the time travel, more scientific version, I guess. Mm-hmm. Which, when they came out with the TV movie, they dropped all elements of that whatsoever. Well, sure. Obviously. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think the director that I would really like to have, we actually brought him up, I would like to see Matthew Vaughn do it. Mm-hmm. I think, you know, with that kind of crazy <laughs> fantasy, with the fact where he did Stardust, yeah. things like that, I think he would rock the socks off that movie. Mm-hmm. Like, hardcore. Um, I don't know who I would want for any of the casting. Because, um, I mean, the main cast, it's two children and three old ladies. I'm not sure. Um, Judy Dench needs to be one of them. Helen Mirren. And Helen Mirren. I would love to see Helen Mirren. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Helen Mirren Maggie and Judy Smith. Dench would Maggie be great. Yeah. Yeah, there Smith. we go. Maggie We've Smith. got our old ladies. <laughs> that, yes. Were there three old ladies? Yeah. Done. Oh, that ladies. is like Done. the old lady trifecta of amazingness <laughs> right there. Yeah, right. So, yeah, I mean, they I would say, <laughs> I would throw Angela Lansbury in the mix, but she's kind of pushed a little beyond old lady. Is she dead? No. No, no she's still, she's still, she's still kicking. She's a really old lady. She's yeah. just really, really old. Every, every two years, CBS knocks on her door and asks her to do a, a Murder, She Wrote movie. She's yeah. like, no, I'm okay. I'm good. <laughs> Love those. I'm good. Don't worry I about I think me. I'm good for the rest of my life. you are going to say life. knocks on her door to make sure she was still alive. <laughs> yeah. She's still alive? Jessica. Jessica. <laughs> she's great. And Betty White. So there's there's five old women to choose from. <laughs> yes. And I think if you I, wanted to make a comedy, Betty <laughs> Yeah, yeah. No, but I think, yeah, the first three women, I think they would be great as, you know, the cast of the Angels. And they're, it's really funny. Their names are Mrs. What's It, Mrs. Who, and Mrs. Which. That's what their names are. But, uh, yeah, I think they would be great for Somebody them. Somebody was having an off day when they wrote those names. Right. <laughs> Ow. 
Oh, whatever. But, I mean, it's just, it's, you know, it's a book that I've adored yeah. so much, just, you know, with the, the travel elements to it and all of the fantasy that has become involved. You know, I'm sitting there, I'm a little, like, six-year-old girl, and I'm like, it's so magical. <laughs> and, uh, I mean, I haven't read it in recent years, so I'm not sure how it holds up, but I remember adoring it. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I feel like, especially, you know, with someone like Matthew Vaughn at the helm, that I think it would be much better than the shit that Disney plopped out. Uh-huh. So. Is the best word. Yeah. Right. <laughs> exactly. Mm. So, okay. I've heard Stardust mentioned like three or four times today. Uh-huh. Yes. So, Stardust is all that in a bag of chips. Hell yeah. Hell yeah, it is. I I saw it in the theaters. I thought it was all right. I'd right. probably need to watch it again. Like, I wasn't. Do you as... want to come over tonight and watch it? <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> Um, no, it's uh, it's once again it's another Neil Gaiman yeah. film out adaptation, mm. and I actually enjoyed it better than the book. <gasps> yeah, <laughs> that, happened. that happened. That happened. That <laughs> happened. Well, because like the book, I, I read the book beforehand, and yeah. then the movie came out. And the thing about the movie is it has such a better ending than the book does. Yes, it does. Yeah, it's I agree. bizarre. Yeah, and like I, I mean I won't get into it too much, but there's a fight scene at the end. And um, it's just, it's amazing. And I don't know why it, w- it wasn't in the book. And I was just like, wow, this is so much better. <laughs> but yeah, it's a really cool, it's one of Matthew Vaughn's first films. Nice. And the I just remember cast it being is amazing. Very, and the cast, of course, is amazing. Yeah, it's a lot of good people cast in that movie. But I just remember it being very bizarre. Well, it, it is a very bizarre. bizarre movie. And I guess I didn't really, mm-hmm. I didn't really understand a lot about it before I went into it. And so maybe that's why I kind of left feeling a little like, mm. You know, it was interesting. Yeah, it's got. I, Michelle I went to Pfeiffer. see it because it had Michelle Pfeiffer in it. To Claire be honest, Danes. and Claire Danes, Mark and Strong, <laughs> narrated by Ian McKellen. Yeah, yeah. Ian does McKellen. it also have like Robert De Niro in it? Yeah, too? Robert, yep. De got Robert De Niro. Robert De Niro, and he cross dresses. It's yes. the best thing on the face of the planet. <laughs> yeah. Awesome. Uh, Ricky yeah. Gervais is in it. Jason Fleming is in it. It's like this just boatload of <laughs> bam awesome amazing ass. people. It's it's brilliant. Yeah. Yeah. I love it. Hmm. Okay, well, I'm going to check it out now. You need to, it's great. Anybody who knows me knows that I have a hard time making decisions and choosing things. What? And I tend to cheat. I tend to cheat. Okay. So I'm going to take this opportunity to slightly cheat. Okay, cheat. Because the next thing on my list was actually based off of a comic book called Runaways. It's a Marvel comic about a group of children who find out that their parents are actually supervillains. And so they... It's a really amazing book. Yes. The first storyline is absolutely amazing. They kind of get a little watered down as it goes, but just the initial idea I think is very interesting and would make as an amazing film. The reason I'm going to just go ahead and kind of slide over this one is because it is in the works, okay. actually. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, it was Brian K. Vaughn mm-hmm. is attached to it. And yeah, mm-hmm. and I have high hopes for it. They're looking, I guess, at like a 2014 release because it's been put on hold because of the focus on the Avengers movie. And that's yeah. an actual film; it's not a TV series. It's right? a film, yeah. Okay. And they're look, they're waiting. I always felt it would make a good TV. series. I think it would make a better TV series, and that was going to be my recommendation. Um, but if they do have to do the films, I really think that they need to reevaluate the situation before they actually proceed with it. Yes. Because I looked on Wikipedia, some of the people who had been approached 
with it and some of the controversy around it. And the first bit of controversy is the fact that they were not specifically looking for an Asian girl to play the main female. Mm. Which really, but they but they put a major focus on making sure that the main guy was African American. Okay, so I'm like, fuck you, bitches. <laughs> you need to ethnically cast this correctly. Yeah. that's what makes the show or what what makes the comic interesting is that there are so many unique people you've got you know you've got a black guy in there you got an asian chick you got a fat chick you got a, a hispanic guy you know i mean it's like everybody's in there and i love that i love that diversity within a team and and i think that it it forces that you know there's a robot at some point there's a a scroll that joins it there's a lesbian and the scroll actually can switch genders depending on what her lesbian girlfriend feels like at the moment. You know, I mean, it's like all of this like crazy progressive mm-hmm. ideas. And I just really like the, knowing that it's being made. I'm like, yay, but I'm really a little nervous at the same time. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think it would make a better TV show. But they mentioned a couple people that had already been approached. And one of them was that fucking Lucas. What's his name? Lucas Cruikshank, that Fred guy. Do you know what I'm talking about? That oh. Nintendo or that yeah, Nickelodeon. The, oh my god, I hate Fred. I yeah. want to punch off his annoying so face. So he's apparently what? been approached so about stupid. something. He's probably going to play the surfer guy. I don't know if he'll take it. Well, it all depends. Like by the time, like, seeing that's all. Yeah, it's all I mean, rumor. this is all, all, all rumor. But yeah. but knowing that he's been approached, and then some other girl named Kiki Palmer, who looks like a Disney Kiki Palmer. Now, now Kiki Palmer um, is like under the Nickelodeon brand, uh-huh. mm-hmm. and now uh, she can actually act. Can she? Kiki Palmer can act. She's actually. Done a few movies, um, mm-hmm. like say for instance, a lot of them you probably haven't seen because they were in, in, either in the movies for limited release mm-hmm. or they went direct to video. Yeah, I, she can actually act. If you look past the Nickelodeon, yeah. Nickelodeon stuff, she has, actually has an acting pedigree. Okay, she's got skill. I like, you ever see? It, but I don't know who who she would play. Okay, I got gotcha. you. That's my saying. that's my concern. But I mean, mm-hmm. I was I looked at her and I was like, she looks like Disney Nickelodeon material, mm-hmm. yeah. and I personally would steer clear from all of that. Right. I would try to find either unknowns or, you know, you know, kids who work on more um, adult material. Mm-hmm. You know, I would try to steer clear of that, you know. That lighthearted crazy. Yes, that bullshit. Sing-songy stuff. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, because it is Michael K. Vaughn, he kind of, uh, his style of writing is a little bit, you know, more adult, even if it's children. Right. Yeah. Who are the roles? Yeah. So you know, it's kind of like the I am number four when that movie came out. The acting was all right. Yes. Um, but, but I felt like the people that they cast in those roles were pretty fitting, and they weren't. A lot of them weren't hugely known at the time, yeah. except for the chick from Glee. Yeah, Quinn. You know. I like that movie. Apparently, I'm like one of the few people that did. <laughs> and yet again, yeah. Matt, <laughs> I know. Matt Aww. is on his own. Aww. I know. I know. Uh, so, all right. So, I'm gonna I'm gonna just glide over that. Okay, cool. We just briefly talked about it. But this is the big one, or this is the next one that I think would actually make an amazing film. And it's based off of a video game, and it's the video game Enslaved Odyssey to the West. I've never heard of this. Mm-hmm. It's kind of a underground game. Like, didn't really get a lot of attention. So Pretty much good. the biggest thing about it was that Andy Circus, Circus, Circus did. Uh, he did the voice and yeah. motion capture for the main character. We Monkey. have the game. This mm-hmm. game. It's really cool. Is so good. 
Yeah. It's so good. Like, I was sold right. on this game the moment I played the demo because it is so epic mm-hmm. and the the story is so compelling because ba- essentially it's actually based on a Chinese, like a Chinese legend, um, but s- instead of set in like ancient t- China, it's set 150 years in the future. Mm-hmm. And ideally, or I guess essentially the, the plot is that there are these robots robots have essentially kind of taken over earth skynet yeah kind of <laughs> kind of thing and they enslave humans I- to do their bidding and they put these little uh tiaras <laughs> basically you know headlets on them and they mind control them essentially so the way it starts out is there is a guy who wakes up He's on this slave ship in like a capsule, and there's also a girl in the capsule across from him. And something happens. It's been a while since I played it, but essentially there's like an explosion on the ship, and she gets out. And he's like, hey, Mm -hmm. let me out. And she's like, no, I got to go. You know, and she like runs off. Well, he somehow gets out and he's like running through this ship and it's like shit's blowing up all over the place. And he's trying to catch her because the ship's going down and everybody's trying to get to escape pods and they're slaves. So they're not really important. And it's like it's an airship. It's yeah, or it's an airship. And um, they get to the the one escape pod that's left and it like fits one person and she gets in it and closes the door and he's like what the fuck <laughs> bitch fuck you. you know and she's like I'm sorry uh-huh. you know but long story short he ends up on the escape pod riding it down to <laughs> the planet you know so he survives it but when he wakes up the girl's just kind of there sitting and he has an enslavement band around his head and she has on I believe it's the bracelet is what they use that kind of controls it and he's like what did you do and she's like I need you to take me home she's like I can't survive out here by myself and so I need you to protect me and he's like fuck you bitch (laughs) you know and she's like well you kind of have to because I put the enslavement band on you I'll blow you up yeah and she's (laughs) like and if you hurt me or if you get too far away from me You'll blow up. You really empathize with her because you you get that she knows that what she did was wrong. Yeah. But it was a survival instinct that she was like, I have to do this. And she's like, I'll let you go as soon as you get me home. She's like, but I need your help. Mm -hmm. And, you know, and it's just kind of their adventure from, you know, going to her village and, you know, and what happens beyond. And it's just the two of them are connected the whole time. And you start to see, you know, their companionship develop based on this very odd situation of entrapment (laughs) or uh, enslavement, you know. And it's just, it's an interesting story. Now, the ending, I think, was pretty terrible. Ah, okay. The ending, not good. The ending could totally be changed or tweaked for the film, but the gameplay itself and the environment was so exciting that I look, I overlook the ending about mm-hmm. how anticlimactic it really was. And didn't Andy Serkis direct it? Yes, had a major because part it's the same in like the company, story development. I believe it's the same company that put out one of those very first PS3 games, Heavenly Sword. 
Yep. Yes. And he was also in that. Mm-hmm. Um, Which that's apparently an amazing game. Yeah, yeah. it's I've pretty cool. He it. plays the main big baddie. And, well, I mean, he's amazing to begin with. Yeah. But, um, yeah, it's a really good game. Good game. Heavenly Sword. Yeah. Or it's enslaved. Great. That and in yeah. Enslaved, yeah. But Enslaved, to me, it just, it seems like one of those stories that hasn't really been done in a while in film and I think that it could it could play out as a really nice science fiction film but also a bit of fantasy because of the you know realm in which it takes place and you know there's really I mean there's only two people you know and a lot of the robots could be CG'd there's a third guy who comes in named Pig I think yeah, is his name Pig. Um, so really it's just three people everyone's names are very you know indicative of, of their characters of their character. <laughs> the one guy's name is Monkey yeah. and there's another guy named Pig and I think her name is just something Boobs <laughs> Boobs Boobs McGee Boobs that's hey, boobs. it so but yeah but I think that, that that game would translate well into film and, and and until that happens which will be never um, <laughs> until this you know makeup scenario that we're we're playing right now comes to fruition um, I would I do recommend that pick up that game and this it's, is strictly on PS3 it's a mm, yes is it only I think so there I don't know you can look it up okay and see right. but it is definitely on Can't the remember. PS3 it's not a terribly long game it's not terribly difficult you could probably beat it in one weekend if you dedicated enough time to it right. mm-hmm. but it's really it's really interesting it's really worth it I really enjoyed myself when I played it I'm going to bring it home, and I'm going to talk about something that you all know about. Everybody here knows about this character. And a lot of people across the world, especially in the UK, know about this character. But in the United States, I don't think enough people know. Oh. And I want to... I mean, Mighty people, Mouse? No. All no, no, Mighty Mouse. That's yeah. my homie. Awesome. Mighty Mouse is my homie. I miss Mighty Mouse. Mm. But, um, you could this be. But, um... But it's the character, as we all know, Doctor Who. Yeah, I knew you were going to say it. I was like, ah, oh, he's yeah. going to say Doctor Who. <laughs> <laughs> so this is an interesting medium choice, what you're going to do with it. Yeah, um, it's going to be a live, you know, live action movie. Mm-hmm. Okay. Worldwide. Okay. <clears throat> written by Tony Lee. Who's uh, written some uh, Doctor Who comic, Doctor Who comics um, mm-hmm. for IDW, and yeah. he's, a, he's a pretty prominent writer. I mean, if I couldn't get Tony Lee, I'd probably get Paul Cornell. Oh God, I, he would be amazing. I would get one of those one of those two yes. cats to write it. Yeah, this is where it gets this is where it gets kind of tricky oh. because like hmm? fanboys, fanboys and fangirls might get pissed. Oh, Doctor Who is Denzel Washington. What? And the Denzel. Ma- <laughs> oh, Denzel. Uh, and, and and the master. Is Morgan Freeman okay? With, with I don't watch enough Doctor Who to okay, no <laughs> to have an opinion no, 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 here. I'm like, sure, great, <laughs> run with it. Why not? Cocaine wild in the streets. <laughs> 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 but no, uh, <laughs> just as long as you don't throw Sam Ellen. No, 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 no. We're Thank good. We're you. Good, we're good. But uh, no, Ugh. it's um. <laughs> Get this motherfucking Tardis off this motherfucking <laughs> yeah. planet. <laughs> no, but it would, it would be um. It doc- could be the Daleks. <laughs> oh my god. He voices all the Daleks. <laughs> Motherfuckers exterminate. Right. <laughs> exterminate. <laughs> But no, um, yes, uh, Denzel Washington is Doctor Who, Morgan Freeman as the master, there would be the Cybermen, would would be prominent in the film. Okay. But you would also have special appearances by the last, by by some of the current television doctors as well. Okay. Don't explain how, because like I'm, I'm not, I'm not a Gallifrey expert. 
Well, they've done it before. Yes, they've done it before, so we can do it again. <laughs> Many so times. There would be guest appearances by Matt Smith. Uh-huh. And, um, oh, tongue tied. Um, David Tennant? Thank you. David Tennant? <laughs> yes, that's what I was waiting on, David Tennant. And maybe if we could somehow con Chris Eccleston to come back. <laughs> Good luck with that. Yeah, exactly, because he does not want to no. ever want to play Is that the again. one that's, that that's, I'm watching right now? Yes. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Oh, I I'm, love I'm only on like episode eight of the newest line of that was my show. doctor yeah i mean i love that was my doctor christopher eccleson but he would he made it very clear that he did not enjoy yeah he did not his enjoy stay as the doctor no. sad weird yeah when he said he was done he was done yeah. yeah but yes it happens but see like I'm, I'm all excited now because it's like okay maybe i can get denzel in the tom baker coat if I get oh. a Baker coat with, with, with a long scarf. Oh, that would be awesome. That would be awesome. Yeah. That would be see, sweet. See, yes. I get brothers in the streets to watch <laughs> Doctor Who. It would be off the chain. Yes. So, wow. So, no, but that's... And I know, like, because like, years ago, it was rumored years ago, like about 10 years ago, Universal wanted to do a Doctor Who film. Yeah. And they talked about Denzel in that role. Oh. And it, it became a rumor, and like fanboys like really lost their shit. I yeah. mean, really lost their shit. And then it kind of just disappeared. Yeah. Now, they made movies, haven't they? they made, or are they just yeah, like extended episodes? They're like made for TV movies. Oh, okay. they, they, there was one, there was an American made for TV movie that was distributed by, that was on Fox yeah. in the 90s. Okay. And it took place, uh, I can't remember after said doctor but like after Tom, after Tom Baker there was uh, Peter Davidson after Davidson there was um, oh I can't Colin Baker yeah and then after Colin Baker there was there was another doctor then they stopped making episodes mm-hmm. right yeah they stopped and then they did that movie and then, they did, then they did this live action movie and that, that was the only time that you saw it was the eighth doctor yeah, it was the eighth doctor and that was all you saw of him was yeah. that movie that was, was it yeah yeah. And then they I mean it's actually in the time it's actually in the timeline itself. If you mm-hmm. go to like the Doctor Who website, it's in the timeline. Yeah. And then yes. many years later, here Doctor Who's back and it's, it's uh, right. Yes. And so forth and so forth. So now are you looking at doing a Doctor Who film that's actually in with continuity right now, or is this kind of like a newer alternate? Doctor Who, um, I, you know like what? an Americanized Doctor Who. It would probably see now. Seeing that it's written by either Cornell or Tony Lee, mm-hmm. it, it would be it would be on the it would be on the a British tip, but with mm-hmm. like a, with like a touch of American flavor. Yeah, yeah. but would he be the next Doctor? He would be line? like the quote unquote next Doctor. Okay, mm-hmm. and oh, okay. you know this is this like so this is right. this is this is cinematic. You know, uh-huh. This is cinematic. Like you know, TV, you can take it anywhere you want to. Right. Yes. You can take it anywhere you want to, but this is just for like the movie. So. You know, so I don't. You know, it could go any way possible. Yeah. But like, in, but in my mind, it's just like I think that would be kick ass to see Denzel Washington as Doctor Who. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, he's amazing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so. he is. And he, you know, and this and this man can act. He's done theater. Yeah. He's, oh, you know, yeah. he's, you know, he's done it all. He's done theater. He's done film. He's directed stuff. He's done it all. And you know, so I just I. I see the scarf. I just, yeah. I just see the scarf and the jacket. <laughs> you know, and you're just like punching up numbers on the. Maybe dogs. like a little fedora. Yeah, I like it. I like it. That's interesting. I mean, I don't really follow Denzel enough to, to I guess really have an opinion one way or another. Mm-hmm. No, that's cool, man. I mean, I like the idea. I like the idea of you know, oh, I don't know, having an ethnic doctor. It's been like fucking white parade for. <laughs> you know what I mean? I mean, why not? <laughs> <laughs> Why has there not been? I mean, the idea is that he can essentially transition himself into any to any form. any form. Yeah. So, well, there's also a rumor many years ago that the next doctor was going to be a woman. 
which yeah. I would love to see as well. And, and you know, and I'm actually surprised that didn't happen. They haven't yeah. done that yet. They haven't done it yet. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, They're running I mean, out of I think, time. I think something like this, I mean, now would be kind of like the perfect time to do it because Doctor Who really has kind of um, it's made its way into the states a lot more yeah. Yeah. in the most recent years. Yes, mm-hmm. and I mean, when we went to Dragon Con. I saw so many doctors. Yeah, it was ridiculous. It was bananas. So many doctors. So many Doctor Who's, and um, a lot of the new one. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Which I don't. I don't follow the new one as much. I don't know if anybody here is caught up, but kind of the. Are you? I'm curious what you so think about up. this because the way that that guy looks and acts yeah. in what little I've seen, I almost feel like they should have gone with a woman this time. I think he's perfect. You think he's good? He is my favorite doctor. Okay. Hands down. See, that's hard for me to comprehend. Bam. Because I love David Tennant. <laughs> it was for me, too. When it first happened, I, I was understand. like... I can't understand, Carrie. When it first happened, I was like, no. I was like, because I adore David Tennant so much. Yeah. I loved him. I just love him. Mm-hmm. And so I was like, I don't know. I don't know how this is going to be. We've had Tennant for so long now. I don't know how I feel about this new guy. Yeah. And, you know, the first episodes showed up, and I was like, okay, I kind of like him. He's very quirky. He's very, you know, excitable. He can be 911 at the same time. Mm-hmm. I was like, okay, that's kind of cool. He's just brilliant. I mean, the more it went on, I was just, my two my two all-time favorite episodes of Doctor Who, 11th Doctor. Yeah, I fucking love him. See, he's so he's so, he's so pretty and so emo looking with that hair. But that's why. <laughs> but I he's not like, at all emo. They could have just done. Well, that's why he's looking. Yeah. You know, it was like they could have done because we'll he's what number eleven. He's eleven, and there's only thirteen. Yes. <laughs> yeah, so that that's why I'm like, I feel like if they were gonna yeah, go a different so direction, they should have done it with this new one. I think that's would have been really nice to see. Nothing against that. Guy. They will find oh, some great. sort of loophole to keep bringing them if back. It is, since it's this popular, yeah. yeah. Because, I mean, yeah, it's exploded here in the States. Yes, yeah. it has. Yeah. Yeah, it's as fun. much as something like that could right now. Yeah. And I think a movie would push it even further over the edge. Yeah. yeah. But it almost, like, it kind of yeah. <laughs> stinks that they are this far along, that they're already at 11 and there's only 13, because I feel like you should stick to it. You know, I feel like if at this point, I mean, this shit's been going on since the 60s. Mm-hmm. If you're going to come up to it now and be like, well, it's so popular, we got to find a loophole to get more doctors in there. Well, that yeah, it's like, that's true. It, it kind of cheapens. Maybe they won't. Maybe they won't. Maybe they'll yeah. go out on top because, I mean, and they'll just take go it all from, out for 13. From Seinfeld. I mean, Seinfeld was huge when they stopped. Uh huh. Mm-hmm. And they were like, let's just go ahead and leave it like it is, not let it get sour. Mm hmm. And and with like British television, mm-hmm. when they say it's done, it's, it's done. done. Yeah. It, it it will rarely come back because like a lot and of it's se- scary sometimes. A, a lot of series, whether they're popular, you know, whether they're popular or not, they're like when we build this series, yeah. it's mm-hmm. X amount of episodes, right? And that's it. Yeah, mm-hmm. done and done. Yep. Well, it, part of it is because British television has such a limited budget. Yeah. You know, I mean, they really don't have as much that they can throw out. As like the U.S. does, for instance. So I mean, well, maybe they maybe this is how through. they could do it. When they finally make their way to the twelfth Doctor, the twelfth Doctor can be a woman, and then at the end of that run with the twelfth Doctor, they can be like, "This is going out in a movie," and it'll be Denzel. <laughs> <laughs> hopefully, he's not too old at that point. <laughs> and hopefully, Morgan Freeman is, is still alive. alive. <laughs> I don't even want to think about don't that possibility. No, right? I can't if, either. If, if like, he will forever be alive. I can't do it. If Easy Reader is dead by the time this movie gets done, see now I'm, I'm probably because I'm older than y'all. <laughs> Electric Company, 
Morgan Freeman used to play a character by the name of Easy Reader. Yeah. That was my homeboy. When yeah. I was like, <laughs> like, they would have the adventures of Easy Reader, and then they had, like, this little Spider-Man segment. This live-action Spider-Man, it was awful. And, like, <laughs> and every week, he would, like, fight a Yeti. A Yeti? Yes. And in order to, like, stop the Yeti, he would, like, get by, get some snow cones and, like, line them up down the street. <laughs> and then, like, the Yeti would start eating them and walking down the street. And, like, wow. Spider-Man would, like, get his, like, spider web and, like, capture him. Because nothing's more irresistible Bizarre. snow cones yeah. to a Yeti. Yeah. Right. Heck, yeah. Boom. Delicious. Home food. <laughs> Delicious. Soul food. Old school electric company is hilarious, especially with the number of people that are in, that, you know, are in Hollywood. Um, that got is their that start in Electric Company. Electric Company. It's like Morgan Freeman, Rita Moreno, yeah. um, Bill Cosby was in a couple episodes of yeah, Electric Company. Yeah. yeah. You know, a lot of people got their start there. Wow. So what was the show that Ringo Starr was like the little tiny conductor? Sunshine Station? That's it, yeah. Yeah. With ah! Pinky from Greece. Yeah, he totally <laughs> forgot all about that. I love that. And the show. little like puppet band <laughs> inside the jukebox. Yeah. That was my shit. Yeah, right Ringo there. was awesome. Ringo Starr was the little tiny conductor. Uh-huh. So oh all right, sorry. So who Tangent. would the uh <laughs> who would the girl be? I don't know. Are you gonna try to go with a you know, you know more of a full African American cast. No, or? you know I don't know, man. It's it's one of those things like there are like a lot of actresses that like can act, but yeah. like been in bad films like mm-hmm. uh, Sanaa Lathan and uh, Gabrielle Union. Oh yeah, she's you know, really I, good. Yeah, I love Gabrielle Union. She's just been in bad stuff. Yeah, yeah. You know, so like in my mind, I'm like, okay, let's get Gabrielle Union, Denzel Washington, Morgan Freeman, and we just gonna make it a blast. And, <laughs> and, you know, and, you know, it's just sci-fi it out. Yeah. Right. And you know, it'll be awesome. It's just trying to convince people to check it out. Right. Because see, the thing is, is that you know, in my mind, I'm like, this could work, but. I would have to convince fanboys right. that it's okay to have yeah. a brother Doctor Who, <laughs> and you know, and but at the same time, I also have to like convince mainstream media that like black folks can be in sci-fi other than being Lando Calrissian, right? right. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. So what, what is it that? Uh, what is it that we the revelation? What are the, what is it they're called? That sh- blurds. Oh, blurds. 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 Yeah. yeah. This was new. <laughs> we we like, learned this on our last episode. <laughs> Justin called Sean a blurred, and we were like, "What is that?" <laughs> like, it's a black nerd. I'm like, "Oh my god, that's awesome!" Oh, yeah. I used to, totally. I used to have that on my Facebook page on my Twitter page for like the longest time. <laughs> yeah, nice. It's like comic book dude blurred, right? <laughs> yes, you know. Why not? Why not? Yeah. Well, There's I'm, gamers, so mm-hmm. oh, yeah. well, G A Y M E R. So why not? I think this latest, <laughs> the latest incarnation of Spider-Man is a good indication yeah. of how um, nerds everywhere would take a black Doctor, Doctor Who. Yeah. It, unfortunately. Yeah, it's a yeah. shame. But uh, do you all think, though, that the British... I mean, because ideally this character is based in the UK. It's yeah. a British-based yeah, character. Mm-hmm. Would have that same attitude? No, I don't think I don't so. Think I don't so. think they would. No. They're they're so especially with their media. I mean, the British are so much. Fuck it, we'll do whatever. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, yeah. you can tell they're so much less conservative that mm-hmm. I think it would fly a lot better. Well, over and there. I think the whole Spider-Man thing. I think it was a stink for a while, but I haven't really heard anything else out about it. Well, See, that's how everything goes. Yeah, yeah. it's like everybody's going to be like, rah, 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 and then they'll just get over they it throw and, it and, and move on. Like, all right, I'll buy it. Yeah. And, and it's also one of those things. It's all on how you present it to people. Right. Yeah. Yeah. In all honesty, it's all, and it's all on how you package it and how you present it and how you protect it. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the way it was delivered was mm-hmm. kind of like, hey, here's a new Spidey. 
but we're not going to tell you it's really Ultimate Spidey because like mainstream America yeah. doesn't know the no, difference know. Yes. between right. Ultimate Spidey exactly. and 616 exactly. Spidey. And that was my argument with that whole thing is I was like, why do people even care? Right. I'm like, it's an alternate reality Spider-Man anyways. Yeah. Right. Like he could be a hermaphrodite for all of <laughs> You know what I mean? It's it's not you know, it's not the main Spider Man, so yes. Spider Man is still, you know, but in you know, in dude. a completely different vein of how people would take it. I mean, it's so much easier to do with something like Doctor Who because yeah. I mean that's the whole point of Doctor yeah. Who yeah. is it could be he, he is one he is one form for a few seasons right. and then bam, you got a brand new one. Yeah. I mean and Doctor I would Who love fans are so see, used to it by now. I would love to see the arguments that would come with that yeah. by changing yeah. you know by like, changing the sex like, or the skin color what ground yeah. would it's they like, have uh, so why why does he have to be white why, why yeah. does it matter yeah why is that important <laughs> clearly it's not oh yeah. yeah it's just one of those things where years ago when Warner Brothers was trying to get Superman off the ground again this was a long many many years ago they went to Will Smith and said we want you to play Superman and Will was like no Mm. He said yeah. he, he said he wouldn't do it. He just said he just said no. He said he would not do it at Well all. that would just be weird. I mean not just having a black Superman, but Will Smith does not scream Superman <laughs> at all. At all. Yeah. Sure, sure. Somebody else could, mm-hmm. I'm sure. But uh yeah. not Will Smith. We saw a great Hancock at yeah, the convention. Yeah, we did. Oh, oh, really? oh, oh dude. Just like, a, like I had awesome. to do a double take. I was like, what? Yeah. Yeah, he looked awesome. That's awesome. So this whole Dragon Con, the whole thing with Dragon Con, this has to be crazy because like it is insane. Because like they they break it down into like multiple hotels. Yeah. Yes, uh-huh. five. Was, five hotels. Five hotels. Is this is this like the freak nick of like cosplay or it something? It is. Like that? It is. Yeah. That's really what it is. And like I truthfully, I mean, we're gonna talk about it more on our show, uh-huh. but it's I I don't know if I would go again. Just because of the pure oh, fact that it was just, it was an insane amount of people, and I don't really like ma- making the sacrifice where I'm like, okay, here are five panels that I want to see today. Okay. And I get to I've, go to two. I get to go to two. <laughs> Maybe I three. I need to ignore the rest. Yeah. And you have to make a sacrifice and then wait there in line for three hours beforehand in yeah. order to get any sort of good seat. And, and and also, Danny and I are so much more comic book people mm-hmm. that it's in no way a comic book convention, Mm-mm. which we were not, you know, fooled to that fact right. anyway. We knew it wasn't going to be like that, but we didn't realize how much we would miss it. Okay. Well, see, and for me, this was only the second con that I had ever been to. And pretty much the way I look at conventions right now, this is why I go. I go to see people in costume. I go to see panels. And I go to get good deals. Okay. Yeah. Nothing was on sale at this place. Hardly anything was on sale. Everything was retail. Yeah. At least retail. Yeah, at least retail, if not overpriced. Yeah. There was one guy who had, like three for 25 trades, which are like 50% off trades or something like that, which was like, okay, I mean, that's all right. But he was the only one. Everything else was just, you know, hardly any comic books, hardly any toys. Um, The toys (laughs) that were there were all like either really old or really stupid. Yeah. Uh, There was a lot of clothes and jewelry and leather and steampunk. Where? 
Yeah, it was very geared towards say, cosplay. I would say seventy five percent of the the costumes was steampunk. Was steampunk. Yeah, a which lot I'm of perfectly steampunk. fine with. I love I love me some steampunk, but like holy shit. Yeah. Well, but the problem yeah. with the with even the costume aspect, which is another reason why I like to go, is that the staff that they had working for Dragon Con were, in my opinion, honestly, the biggest bunch of bitches I have ever met in my yeah. life. Wow. Because they were hateful towards everyone. Mm-hmm. If you wanted to stop and take a picture, I actually had this experience. I was in one of the dealer rooms and I saw a man and a woman both dressed up as Captain America and somebody was like, hey, can, can I get you guys a picture? Like they were shopping for something and they're like, oh yeah, sure. And they like got in their position and I was like, oh shit. And I like ran over because I was going to get a picture yeah. as well. And one of the Dragon Con employees walked up right next to them and went, wow guys, does this really look look like a good place to be taking pictures just right here in the middle of the you know you need to move on and he like pushed the guy he pushed captain america he pushed captain america America. and captain america (laughs) who i talked to later was like i almost punched that guy in the face he was like you do not put your hands on me yeah and like that's how they all were and it was like you would go to take somebody's picture and like they were on you like flies on shit just all up in your business and we might have gone to a bad year because we were talking to a couple that was in a line with us Mm -hmm. and they said that they have gone to dragon con religiously year after year and they said that this year was the worst year they've ever been mm-hmm. because it was because apparently they put out a documentary not too long ago yeah. and it was like four days at Dragon Con yep. was what it was called yeah. and apparently that made it a shit storm of people yeah. showed up oh, okay, okay. well because we talked to some people we went to a, an event later on in the evening and we were talking to some of the I don't know if this is the same couple yeah, that you're referring to but they said they were like the big thing about Dragon Con was that for the longest time Comic Con which is out in California was the shit. Like, that is where everybody went. Yep. But it was so industry-driven and has become so mainstream that a lot of people don't want to deal with it. And he said, so Dragon Con, which is the biggest one on the East Coast, is where people, it's where all the fans used to come, Mm -hmm. and it was all about coming to the hotels and getting in costume and partying and, like, you know, having a great time. They were like, all the shit during the day was really inconsequential to the, you know, parties that were going on at night, which they were were let me tell you <laughs> it was yeah. some crazy shit oh, going yeah. on I, at mean, night. I don't know if it's because like <laughs> i'm getting older but it's just like that type of stuff that evening stuff i i didn't want to have anything to do with it you know because it's just like i wasn't in costume right i wasn't i'm not single i wasn't looking to hook up with another nerd right and it was just kind of like i didn't want to fuck with it you know mm-hmm. and it was just like i just want to go back to my hotel and sleep right you know or go out and get a drink and relax and it was just kind of like it was more of a social gathering than anything else. Which was interesting at night because that I would have enjoyed that. Had we been staying in one of the hotels, I would have loved to have been like, you know what, I'm going to get shit-faced and watch people do really bad karaoke and run around in costumes and this is going to be hilarious. And like we even spent a night in the executive lounge like playing board games yeah. and drinking with one of our friends. But we lived in a hotel that was like 15 minutes away. Mm-hmm. So we had to get a taxi anytime we stayed past certain- 9 o'clock yeah, or, yeah, yeah. or 11 o'clock or something ridiculous mm-hmm. like that. But it's just, there were too many people. There were too many people. The staff did not, they were not equipped to handle them. And the hotels were not equipped to handle that many people. And because of it, everyone was a bitch. The entire, I mean, we actually yeah. stood in line for the Being Human panel in which the woman who was running that area 
like kept telling us like we were there like two hours early because we wanted to make sure we got a good spot and she kept saying to us you all need to go away you need to go away get out of here the line doesn't start you need to go away and we were like fuck you bitch we're not going away we're gonna just hang out until the line starts and she even walked by us and she was like i am a bitch and i will make this miserable for you if you don't go away I'll make sure that yeah, you don't like, get a good seat. Yeah, she's like, I will make sure you don't get a good seat. And, I and was I'm like, kind of like, at cons, usually the people who show up two, three hours in advance should be kind of rewarded with a good seat. <laughs> you right. know? Because, I mean, holy fuck, I've been waiting forever. I've yeah. had to swim through a sea of people. Uh-huh. And I don't want to have to be yelled at for being there early. Yeah. And if they had just let us form a line, we would have gotten out of the way. And we wouldn't have been a fire hazard. Yeah. You know? And just, well, and we were kind of coming back at her. We were like, look, we're just people hanging out in a lobby. You yeah. can't tell us to leave. I mean, this is a public space. We just happen to all be standing around in this area. We're not in the way. You're a cunt. <laughs> and and she did. I mean, when the line was ready to form, like, we were literally counting down the minutes because we were like, we got to watch what this woman's going to do. Yeah. And as soon as it was an hour before, she was down at the very entrance of the line, and she was, like, yelling at people in the hallways, and she's like, being human, line's open. You got, come on in. Come on. And she was, like, she, letting people who had, like, just walked up she get was in. Trying to intentionally... She was trying to put us towards the end yeah. of what was already forming. It was See, bitchy. It was not like that last year. <laughs> okay, because I was mean, like, not like that. I know I went that last you year. had a lot more fun. Yes, and I was just like, I don't know what Carrie was seeing about this. <laughs> I was. I mean, I, I had fun, but overall, I would rather use my time and money on something else. Yeah. yeah. And I just felt like it wasn't beneficial. Even the panels that I went to go see, I felt like I could see these panels up Anywhere. at C2E2 mm-hmm. or any other convention. Yeah. You know, but like, I just felt like it wasn't worth it. It was mm-hmm. not worth the headache. No, and, I... Well, and the fact yeah. that there was only a half an hour between each panels, and because there were so many people, people were getting in line two, three hours beforehand. Yeah. Right. And Every I line remember, wrapped around the block. Every oh. Line. I remember I got in. I was in line for the guild panel because I wanted I wanted to see Felicia Day. She was pretty much the whole reason why I was going because right. I'm a huge fan of hers. And the Star Trek Next Generation panel was right after that in the same fucking room. And so they let the guild people out, and it was like you've got to go this way. And I'm like, well, but my friends are over here. My friends are already in line. And it was like, nope. You got to go that way. And so they kicked us all out an opposite direction. Yeah. And it was like, well, guys, I'm going to have to just get in line, which had already wrapped all the way around the building. And I sat there and I was like, you know what? Fuck it. They had to start. They would have they to start started panels it before they even, before they even let everybody in. Because there were that many people in line. Because there were that many people in line. And it would take that long to wrangle everyone in. Yeah. And so that's why, you know, that's part of why it sucked. Because it was like, if you wanted to go to something and also something right after... You were screwed. You were screwed. I mean, in defense, they did a good job of doubling up panels. Like, each day, there was always a Being Human panel. Each day, there was always a Battlestar Galactica panel. So if you missed one one day, then you could probably catch it the next day. Uh Mm -hmm. But... I still felt like it just wasn't it wasn't worth it. It wasn't worth the headache. Mm-hmm. And I mean, I saw a lot of really cool people that I thought I'd never be able to see, but at the same time I'm like was it worth $160 for a just, ticket? Just yeah, well, yeah, $120 for or a ticket t- and then <laughs> $20 for a ticket. 140 something for our hotel that was per person. Yeah, per yeah. person. It was just kind of like it, it was 
it was that was big, 15 minutes away <laughs> it was a big headache and i don't think i right now even after it's been a week i would say no i'm not going back Mm-hmm. I want to go to Disney World. <laughs> you know, it's just kind of like, you know, I, I would probably spend just as much. Right. You know, and it's just... Well, I walk away from Dragon Con feeling like I got some really good pictures of some really great costumes, and there were a lot of hot nerds there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So that was... That, for me, was yeah. the one benefit. Bonus. Really good costumes and people who actually looked like they should be wearing those costumes. Okay. Mm-hmm. And they had an iPhone app. Yeah. Honestly, that, that, was really good. that was the most exciting <laughs> thing I took away from Dragon Con. How helpful the but Dragon guess what? Con app was. You can find was. those pictures online. Yeah, you can find those pictures online. <laughs> you know, you know, I, that's what I did. I wanted to Facebook that I had found Jesus at Dragon Con because <laughs> we ran into a buddy Jesus, uh-huh. and I was like, well, I didn't get a picture of him, so it was like the next day I Googled it and I found the picture of that guy <laughs> at that con. Yep. You know, so it's like, yeah, all of those pictures you can see on the internet, and that the best thing I can walk away from Dragon Con is being like, well, they had a really awesome iPhone app. Yeah, it was <laughs> really great for it scheduling. Not, it was just not worth it. <laughs> and the dealer room, holy mother of God, if you were like, you know, looking at the tables, you're like, that's really cool. Whoa, the crowd's later. pushing me it's away. It's like the crowd would just, it was like a constant sea of people. You would just, yeah. you could not stop to do anything. Yeah. It was insanity. Yeah. So. <laughs> so that tangent yeah. <laughs> we've derailed we've derailed and ranted against so if you'd like to hear more about our experience at Dragon Con and more stories episode 24 yeah tune in to Boku Pop I mean that was some rage yeah, I'm sorry. I mean, like, <laughs> blood is like splurting out. Like, that's all yeah. right, though. Sometimes you got to release. I right? know. Well, and that's what this podcast is for. Sometimes you just got to let it go. If let if, it out. If one of the the lantern rings were to find me, it would be the rage, <laughs> because that's usually the mode I go into the most out yeah. of all modes. Though, yeah. so, though, the one funny thing, and then we'll please move on to another topic. <laughs> the one funny thing that did happen was, you know, we were kind of hanging out and I guess Danny and Tressa had commented that they don't really, I guess, mingle with a lot of people at the cons. Oh, yeah. Or, you know, they're just like, you know, they just kind of do their thing yeah. and, you know, and we're whatever. we line talkers. Yeah, they're not really line talkers. <laughs> and throughout the course of the weekend, we met and became quote-unquote friends with headline buddies with probably two, at least two, maybe three people a day. Yeah. And I think around the third day, I like looked at Tressa because I was sitting next to this one girl that we had befriended in line um, in the Being Human panel. And I leaned over to Tressa and I was like, I think it's me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> because as soon as somebody talks to me or says something, I'm like, yes, now let's have an extended conversation. <laughs> you know, I'm like, well, I have no qualms with Danny, talking to people, especially if I can determine right off the bat that these are not weird nerds. Yeah. yeah. They're yeah. just unique nerds because I won't talk to weird nerds. Mm-hmm. Right. You can get some weird oh, man, people. people are weird. <laughs> well, but I have like three phone numbers in my phone of just people that I met at well, Dragon And Con. like Danny, he's very quiet. Right. So he won't... He he won't start anything. Right. And me, um, if you know me, my default face usually says, don't. Fuck off. <laughs> fuck off. Yeah. Like, and I can't help it. And it's not because I'm pissed or anything. It's just my default face says, please don't talk to me. <laughs> and, 
think people steer away from talking to me <laughs> that don't know me. So, um, but they would always look was, at me. They would always look at Matt, and, and they they'd would start be like, talking. "Hey, blah 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 blah," and yeah. I'd be like, "Oh yeah, we're totally doing this too." And then two hours later, it's like, "Well, give me your number. Give we'll me meet up for lunch, like, and yeah. maybe we'll see you later." And yeah, it, was, it was weird because like the second day I was like what's going on <laughs> why are we meeting so many people <laughs> it must be Matt well, and I think it was because it was more of a social event for people that people were more willing to talk mm-hmm. to yeah. each other yeah. well and there wasn't anything else to do I mean you did you spent so much time in lines you had three hours was, to waste yeah that it was like if you were around people who looked remotely normal it's like you might as well might as well talk to them yeah. and bitch <laughs> there was a lot of bitching <laughs> It was great. So, anyways. Okay. Uh, <laughs> sorry. No, no, the musical re- segue. The, the, to the, the next. release. The release session. The release is, is that Wusa. I'm no longer hot. Wusa. Like I feel like yeah, all yeah, that heat because it was that I had built here. up. It was released. I'm like, ah. Oh, you had to let that hate out. You had to let it out. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> You've got to let Ready that for shit it. out. Yeah. Mm. Huh, well, no, before we close out, hold on. I'm gonna pick up two books. I'm gonna show y'all real quick. What is this? A couple of little things to talk about before before we before we plug the shit out of stuff and have a good time. Um, I don't know if any of you have read this book. It's it's released under Oni Press. It's called Super Pro Ko. Uh-uh. Okay. It's by Jarrett Williams. It's an action comedy book. It's like a it's like a it's a wrestling book. And it's kind of like it's kind of like the throwback to like eighties early nine early nineties wrestling. Yeah. yeah. But there's an actual story underneath it. It looks like Astro Boy. Yeah, and um, kind of drawing. <laughs> The character, the lead character in the front of the book is a character by the name of uh, Joe uh, Somiano. Uh-huh. And he is um, getting, going to his first match for Super Super Pro KO Wrestling. And it talks about his adventures along with the adventures of other wrestlers such as King Crown Jr., huh. El Hero, Yoko Nono. I like Yoko Nono. <laughs> uh, Mr. Awesomeness 2, Tomahawk Slamson, and um, Elicity. This. I like Mr. Awesomeness yeah. too. Yeah. Mr. Awesomeness yeah. too is pretty cool. This book is great. This nice. is one, probably one of the best. Is it just books. a one shot? No, 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 no. It's volume one. Volume oh, okay. two is supposed to be coming out. I think sometime either later this year or next year. <laughs> okay. I <laughs> the love, drawing is so cute. I, I love that book because it's like it goes like behind the scenes of wrestling and it's like some of it is kind of reminiscent of like the uh, WCW WWF Monday Night Wars from like a long time ago yeah but there's also some funny stuff there's also some sad stuff in there too but it's it's great storytelling all written and drawn by Jarrett Williams the brother's the brother's amazing do you have to be a wrestling fan no you don't you you don't have to do not like wrestling no (laughs) you you do not have to be a wrestling fan to to understand okay cool not at all not at all I love that book it's one of my favorites and it's been out for uh, probably about a year year and a half mm-hmm. and i got it not too long ago and i read it from front to back in one night and i don't have oh, time wow. and i don't have time to read a lot of books anymore mm-hmm. yeah. but i couldn't put it down i could not put it down <laughs> super pro ko interesting why is that sean are you busy doing something yes mm. yes <laughs> busy with a certain company yeah, busy. Yeah, yes mm. <laughs> <laughs> and what's it called super pro super pro ko by oh, oni press put that in my phone the same it looks good the same people that, uh, that released uh, Scott Pilgrim. There is an artist by name, an artist slash creator by name of Jason Shiga. He wrote a, he did a book, he did a book a few years ago called Book Hunter. Mm-hmm. Okay. Which was kind of like, take CSI and like a library and put them together and make it an action flick. Oh, that's awesome. That was Book Hunter. And I've got, I've got a <laughs> nice. copy of it up on my shelf. One of the strangest but yet most fun books I've ever read. This is a book called Meanwhile by Jason Shiga, uh, Shiga or Shiga. 
It says pick any path, 3,856 story possibilities. What? Is He's it a adorable. choose your own adventure book? Yeah, it pretty much is. What? Yes, it's a new age choose, choose your own nice. adventure book. And it all starts, you either have to pick. Oh, shit, that looks awesome. awesome. Yeah, you've got like a shitload of tabs, and you either have to start off picking either vanilla ice cream or chocolate ice cream. What? And basically, if you if you follow this tab, oh my god, that moves you to this that moves you to this tab, and you have to follow the tabs, nice, the correct oh, tabs, man. all the way through. Holy and shit, that looks awesome! That's you got so this cool. in half price books? Yeah, I actually I got that at half price books in, in Greater Cincinnati for uh, for seven bucks. Nice, wow, that's so wow. Cool. I can't imagine like chocolate um, or vanilla having to piece that together. Mm-hmm. Oh, I like, know. What kind of thought process you had to go through? Yeah, that's impressive. Yeah. That's pretty cool. That's yeah. so cool. I'm a I'm a big fan of a uh, of, of um Jason Shiga or Shiga. I'm a big fan of his because the thing is, like his artwork isn't like the most you know decorative. It's not the most embellished or whatever. Mm-hmm. It's adorable though. Yeah, yeah. I, I love his style. I love his style. And well, um, because I love stuff like that. Like honestly, truth be told, I love pop up books. Yeah. I'm almost thirty years old and I still love pop up books. Oh well, hell yeah! Because I like when you have. Have an additional set of creativity added into a book that adds a whole nother level to it. And this, it does that exact same thing because it's not even just a, you know, oh, well, depending on your choices, turn to, you know, this page. It's like you follow the tab and then you've got to follow the lines within. It's super innovative. That's great. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. That's so awesome. (laughs) Oh, yeah, definitely. Um, Yeah, it's called Meanwhile. Nice. Yes. Sweet. Well, thank you for bringing those oh on. Oh my gosh. That's great. I'm like, two great books I want to look this at. This is so bizarre. Yeah. I know. Really it, it's cool. really cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's just really, really it's cool. Like, yeah, hey, I bet that was a pain in the cream. ass to piece That's together. So <laughs> <laughs> if you ever, That's so cute. If you ever get a chance to check out Book Hunter, check it out. It's, like I said before, it's it's unlike anything you'll ever read. Because like it's a, basically a cop drama, but it deals with library books. It's the strangest. That's awesome. It, and there's like a an action sequence in the beginning of the movie that I mean the beginning of the book because it plays like a movie in my head. It's yeah. just bizarre. I love that book though. Huh. I love it. Interesting. Yes. But yeah, those is it Jason Shinga? Uh, Shiga, yes. Shiga. S H I G A. Book Hunter is kind of hard to find. I got lucky and found it on Amazon for like a small period of time a couple years back. And then it went out of print. Yeah, but, um, that's but, what I'm finding right now. <laughs> and, I, and I'm sure, and I'm sure the people that are reselling it are probably trying to sell it at a ridiculous freaking price. Yeah, right now Amazon has it in the like twenty nine ninety nine, around thirty dollars. That's not too bad. That's that's not too bad. Is I, it a hardback? No, it's a paperback. It's a paperback. It, it, oh, it's been worse, dude. I, I saw copies for, of uh, Book Hunter that went for like one hundred and fifty. Oh my that's god, crazy. that's crazy. Like, it's crack check, prices. check your local crack. library. That is crack. Yeah, prices. you'd be really surprised the kind of graphic novels you can. <laughs> find in your local library. Yeah, go to library. your local library. <laughs> Use your library, please. Right. They want your support. Right? Wow. But, um, no, but before we close out, was there, like, anything, like, you oh, want to talk about or plug or Yeah. Whatever? In the month of October, we're going to try and have a lot of events planned for mm-hmm. the local yokels to come and join us. Um, the Party first houses. One, yeah. The first one really would be um, 24-hour comic book day. Yes. Um, basically, I'm going to be participating, trying to dish out a comic book in that 24 hours. And um, we're going to be recording for Boku Pop 
at Collectibles, etc. Okay. Um, Located on on Locust, Locust Hill. Hill. And basically, it's from 8 a.m. to 8 a.m. on starting on Saturday. And uh, we're gonna we're gonna have a schedule put up here soon on our blog. Yeah, showing when exactly we'll be there recording. But basically, we're gonna try and make it more of like you know. A, a local event where people can come and check out what the artists are doing, mm-hmm. and um, we're gonna we're, we'll do some interviews with people who are coming into the store. So yeah, we'll try to interview yeah. some of the artists that are there and um, some of the people that come in. We'll try to do some remote recording, maybe just kind of ask a few questions. What yeah. what are you in here to buy? What books do you like? Mm-hmm. Do you have any recommendations for people? Just to kind of get the community's perspective, you know, yeah. on what's going on. And we'll have some equipment set up if anybody wants to just sit down and chat with us for a yeah. while. We'll can, we can do that. But, I mean, we're just going to try and make it more, um, you know, of a, a holiday. Exactly. <laughs> for yeah. us well, nerds. And, holiday. <laughs> and one one big thing, I mean, of co- you know, we want to support the artists and we want to support the store. But uh, another thing that we have going on that's going to be really, really helpful for us, and we really want to encourage people to participate in this, is we are going to have a raffle. We're going to have some cool stuff mm-hmm. set up in a raffle. The tickets will be a dollar per raffle ticket. And it's going to be um, really cool stuff that yeah, you can win. And it's going to be really cool stuff yeah. that you can win from the comic store. There's going to be, Tressa's going to have a free commission in there, as mm-hmm. well as Justin Stewart is going to have a free commission. Um, we're still working out some of the details about some gift certificates and other things that will be involved. But all the proceeds to that raffle go to our podcast to kind of help because we are We're self-run. Yes. <laughs> yes. Even though we have, you know, you know, uh, awesome sponsor. We do. Collectibles, um, collectibles sponsors us. et cetera, as our sponsor. We still are self-run. And, um, you know, we're getting to the point where we're getting a little bit bigger and we kind of have to pay for things. Yeah. So. Well, and we just recently um, joined with the Lexington Comic and Toy Convention that's mm-hmm. coming in March 2012. Yes. Yes. We are the official we podcast. Are, yeah, we're the official podcast of that, of that con, which mm-hmm. is great, but we also get to put some swag into their VIP bags, mm-hmm. and we don't really have any cool swag right now, so we're hoping <laughs> that this raffle... I was going to make some friendship bracelets, yeah, yeah, but, yeah. you know... Yeah. The guys we were hoping... And some that. trinkets. Yeah. <laughs> Trinky dinks. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Trinky dinks. Uh, construction paper chains. <laughs> yeah, it'd be adorable. So, but we're hoping that the, the money that we can get from the raffle can go to put some cool swag in with that kind yeah, of like stuff. like buttons and stickers. And bracelets yeah. or whatever. Things like that. Know, so, Fun little things. Lanyards. Yeah. So, yeah. So, come out and support the artists. Support the comic book store. And if you'd like us, support us, too. Yes. And we've got some very interesting interviews coming up soon. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we just uh, did an interview with Pascal Langdale, who voiced Ethan Mars from Heavy Rain. Mm-hmm. Um, the video yeah, game. The video game for PS3. Um, and for the, the month of October, we have Amanda Dyer. Um, she is the... Cr- Creator and um, editor, chief yeah, editor she, of, she's the big, big chief editor big of chief. Bio Gamer Girl magazine. Oh, okay. yeah, which so. Justin Tressa and I are all part of. Tressa and I write for, and Justin uh-huh. does a lot of art. So. She's gonna be on. She's, she's gonna got, be on. She's really awesome, and she's gonna be on. And basically, just keep an eye on our blog and our fan, our, our group page on Facebook because we'll we're gonna try and make October. A lot of us are, are big geeks when it comes to um, Halloween. Yeah. yeah. So Love we're gonna it. try and make it more of like a full month of events that where you know just like groups where we'll try and, and get a whole group of people to go out to haunted houses locally and yeah. and um, 
maybe make a party out of it too. So, mm-hmm. uh, party. so yeah, just keep an eye on that. We really don't have a whole lot of details as of yet. Right. But really, to kick it all off is going to be 24-hour comic book day. Yes. Which I have been trying to mentally prepare myself for. <laughs> <laughs> like, it's going to oh be, gonna be quite, quite an achievement there for you. Red yeah. Bull, Red Bull, Red Bull. Yes. Right, yeah. right. Yeah. And Car- Carrie and I will pop in, yeah. and Justin will... Everyone, if you could just bring me some candy or, <laughs> or caffeine. Some, some little pick-me-ups. Some yeah. little pick-me-ups. Um... Some heroin. Cocaine. You know, <laughs> whatever works. Just whatever works. Splash. Really. <laughs> right. Yeah. In the face. Right. <laughs> That's funny. Just so I don't do, you know, 24 pages of splash page. Right. Yeah. Uh, okay, so. well, cool. Well, now, as far as the website goes, where can, yes. they, where can they get Boku Pop? Well, well, it's interesting because we were just officially on a blog, but we now have... A registered domain name, so you can actually go to www.bokupop.com, and that'll redirect you to our blog, so you don't have to add the dot blogspot to it. And it's just so much easier to yeah. say that. It is. Yeah, it is. Um, but it. But for those not familiar, the spelling is B E A U C O U P P O P, Boku Pop. So you can Google us. We're on Google. Um, we have a Podomatic page. It's Podomatic, or it's a uh, bokupop.podomatic.com. That mm-hmm. directly links to our podcast. Word. You can also get to it through the blog. And you can download us through um, iTunes, mm-hmm. or we are on <coughs> Stitcher.com. Mm-hmm. Um, and also, if you want to follow us on Twitter, we're at bokupop. Yeah, and then, like we mentioned, we have the Facebook group page mm-hmm. that, you know, we, we keep things updated when we do blog posts, and then if we randomly find something cool, we're like, hey, guys, check this out, right. but yeah. we're not, like, crazy massive spammers. Yeah, we try not. So, we try to keep it. We understand, you know, notifications get annoying on Facebook, but yeah, we try it, is a, it is a good place for everybody to feed. get together, mm-hmm. you know, and kind of, you know, share ideas yeah. and talk about yeah. different topics. Yeah, we run topics. a lot of polls on there where uh-huh. we want to see what people want to hear from us. Yes, and things actually, like that. you know, a couple of our episodes now have have been ideas that listeners have given to us. Yeah. So mm-hmm. So it's a you know, it's a good little place. So if you like us, come on, either follow our blog or you can follow us on Facebook. And- yeah. Sweet, you know. And you can check into Get Glue. Now. I know. We're yeah, on we Get have Glue. a Get Glue. It's kind of awesome. <laughs> we're not really sure how it happened, but we're not. It just came, <laughs> we're on it there. just appeared one day, and we're and like, what? Yeah, yeah. What and if, it, if you're not familiar, Get Glue is a social media tracking website where you can go in and like check in to stuff that you're doing, mm-hmm. watching or listening, or you playing. can get stickers, real stickers, and they'll actually send you, you copies of the real for stickers free. for free when you get enough. So yeah, we haven't gotten a sticker yet, but we're working, we're working on, on it. That's crazy. Yeah, it's pretty great. It. Yeah. It's pretty sweet. <laughs> well, cool. Well, yeah. thank you all for uh, for stopping by and, and invading. And <laughs> the, it's, really, it's really the best. <laughs> That's what we do. <laughs> invading the PKD Black Box right? compound. I had a really good time. Oh Seriously, yeah, thank you. Yeah. totally. No, we had a great to time. Back. Thank you so much. Thank you. And we'll have to get you back on our show too. Mm-hmm. Cool. Yeah. Cool. See, and now, and for those that listen to Boku Pop, every now and then they'll have another Sean on the show <laughs> who is also black. <laughs> So if you've got two blurs named Sean. Yes, two blurs named Sean that might show up on the show. That's awesome. So, so yeah, but you, you'll know when you listen to it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Luckily you both have very distinct voices. Yes. <laughs> so But no in all seriousness, thank you very much. Yeah. Oh, thank no you. Problem. It was great. Cool. So much fun. And that concludes this week's PKD Black Box. The PKD Black Box is a proud member of the HHWLOD Podcast Network and is available at HHWLOD.com and is also available via iTunes. And you can still go to PKDmedia.com to get our podcast, check out our form, and read comics like Mercury and the Murd, Agents of Cult, and Luke Foster's The Gang from the Store for free. 
If you're on iTunes or our forum board, feel free to leave us a comment, or you can email us at blackbox at pkdmedia.com. Thanks again for listening. Until then, dream big and hustle hard.